Drama City Productions presets. Access granted. Welcome, nerd. Episode 45. Magic, movies, comics, wrestling. Load complete. Hey, this is Damon. This is the Amazing Nerd Show, episode forty-five. I'm going through a little bit of a Halloween hangover, man. <laughs> we did a lot lie. of horror, man. We a went through a lot of horror. <laughs> I have not watched a horror movie since, and I feel okay. <laughs> I'm not going through withdrawal. I was maybe that first day or two, but I'm all right with it. Are there so. any horror movies left this year that we didn't get to well, in the Halloween season? I'd love to see Suspiria. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely... Are you talking about retro reviews? No, or? I'm just saying going forward because we still have the rest of the year to close out for horror. I'm going to check out Overlord, I believe, this weekend. Mm-hmm. So we possibly will have a review next week. Um, it looks pretty badass. looks like a fun time. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely want to check it out. kind of snuck up on me. I think I saw like one trailer in the theater, um, and then also that's this, where I found out about it. This past week, it's just been everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. They saved all their marketing money for the like last week before the release, which is smart because now I'm actually kind of like curious about it. Well, you know what? It's always bothered me when movies do this, where it's like they market the hell out of it like three months in advance, and I think it's coming out because I see it fucking everywhere, everywhere. and yeah. then I have to wait three fucking months. And then you know you're in store for like six different trailers <laughs> exactly. to see the entire movie. Like I literally have no idea besides like the possibility of like zombie Nazis, mm-hmm. like what this movie's about. I know it's supposed to be gory and fun, so and a throwback to like you know grindhouse kind of you know movies. Yeah. So I I'm on board. You know I that's that's my bag right there. So. <laughs> But it's 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 been interesting. I always get a little depressed after Halloween, you know, because of all the build up and everything. And you know, I mean, this is the one Halloween where I don't feel that way, just because we were watching so many fucking horror movies. Mm. It was actually nice to be able to sit down and watch like a regular movie yes. that didn't have <laughs> someone dying, you know, in it right off the bat. So well, I saw Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, did last you? Weekend, How yeah. was that? It was really good. It was really good. There was points where I forgot. You know, the actor was the actor. Not you know? Freddie Mercury. Not Freddie Mercury. I was like, oh, that's actually blended pretty well. Well, that's a damn good performance. Yeah. Does he actually, he, he doesn't actually perform the songs. No, no, no. Okay, I was going to say. Because, yeah. I mean, Freddie Mercury's in my, God, it's probably my favorite vocalist mm. of all time. So, um, Queen's not my favorite band, but I can't, you know, put anyone past Freddie Mercury, mm. you know, vocal skills-wise. So, uh, it, now I heard there's some, like, historic, like, inaccuracies that people are kind of griping on. Yeah, I mean, they, it's they, a biopic, though. Exactly. They always change is. a little. It's always from someone's perspective that isn't 100% yeah. know, correct. Like, well, and um, then, 
the guys from Queen were like heavily involved in that, so I was surprised to hear that. Mm. The cast all matched their characters. Like it's almost like um, I'm forgetting names, but the lead guitarist, uh, fucking, he is spot on. Brian May. Yeah, spot on. Like hair is perfect. Everything looks the exact same person. And a good performance. Yes. Completely. They all had great performances. Um. I definitely would liken it to, I'm trying to think of the NWA film. It's on that kind of same level where it's it's not like a complete tearjerker where it's going to mess you up by the end of the film because mm-hmm. you know what happens uh, with Freddy. Yes. <laughs> it's it's a decent storyline. I'd say it got it's a good film. Not the greatest film of all time, but it was very good. Um, the actual like musical numbers, are there like, full-on songs through the whole thing? Or... Like, does it borderline a musical at times? You can almost... I'm sure there's tons of, like, Live Aid shit and everything. Oh, the Live Aid is, is the end. That's the end of the film. And it's okay. pretty much, like, their entire performance. Oh, really? Yes. They, go... I, they, they go through th- three or four songs. Okay, I was going to say. Not... <laughs> well, I don't even know how long they were on, like, their set was mm-hmm. in Live Aid, but... That's still ballsy to do a three or four song and that's set all to end the movie. and everything perfectly. Really? Okay. Mm. But it's a big moment. A feel-good moment yes. at the end of the film. Oh, all right. That's well, cool. I definitely will check out Queen. Wait, can you give it a star rating? Oh, um, I would give it a four. A four? Four mm. out of five. All right. All right. That's not bad. Because I've heard mixed reviews. So, I mean, but man, I do love Queen. So, I, I was excited to see that. And it has the, um, what's the actor from uh, iRobot? In it, from I Robot. Yeah. Are, are we talking about the drummer or no? The fucking he plays Freddie Mercury. Oh, you mean Mr. Robot? Mr. Robot. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm like I Robot. I Robot is the is that the Will Smith movie? Yes. From... <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> that shows you how much of a fan of the show I am. Uh-huh. But the guy's getting like tons of like critical praise yes. for that USA show. Because no matter what, if the show's on USA, mm. I just won't watch it. Just because, you know, for me, that's like, uh, what was the, oh God, from the late 90s, late silk stockings and like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I never like get any US suits, I believe is on mm. USA. I just never get any USA shows, any kind of. You like, watch Raw every week. Once again, <laughs> once again. <laughs> That was the high bar for USA for a long time. So they had a bike cop movie, like mm. not like a motorcycle cop, like chips, like an actual like on bicycles, like cop move, like show, like for a long time. That was like their one like main show. Stop watching USA. Yeah, well, no, I wouldn't. It was on after <laughs> Raw, and they would always have like guest starring Shawn Michaels. You know? <laughs> oh, it's gonna kill me now. Oh. I need to know the name of the show. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So I guess I I know. I, do you have you watched the robot show, Mister Robot? Um, I have. I have it still on my list of things to watch. Okay, that's a long list. Yes, I know that for a fact. So, so but that's for you're never going to watch it. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> but it was definitely on my radar when it came. I out. think he won a, like an Emmy or something, mm-hmm. or a Golden Globe or something. They definitely they won some type of award. TV okay, award for it. Okay. We're just a fount of information yes. this week. <laughs> you can't tell we're winging it. <laughs> it's a very slow news week. Yes, it is. So, uh, anything, any other movies coming out that you're going to check out? Yeah, next week I'm going to be seeing Fantastic Beasts and The Crimes of Grindelwald. 
That's a mouthful. Yes. <laughs> I kind of wish they had not gone with the Fantastic Beast title. It's just how they handle so it. So is this based off a book? Yes. It's like this field guide to finding specific beasts in Harry Potter. I'm losing Damon as I say this. Yes. Um, <laughs> written by Newt Scamander as a character who is in the Harry Potter universe. So is it like a guide to the different It's like a like tiny, characters? small book that was written outside of the but main the studio titles. was so desperate for Harry Potter material that yes. they went to that and mm. made a whole, like movie is this the second movie is this the sequel this is the sequel to the first prequel okay all right fair so enough we're, <laughs> we're in I'm the not weird, dangerous prequel era <laughs> of films in between calls i can't yes. wait for that to be a thing um <laughs> star wars is pretty much doing yes it. pretty much right? <laughs> so no judgment here mm. uh so you enjoyed the first one obviously yes i i thought it was a lot better than what i expected you know i expected it to be like a cash grab pretty much and and it turned out to be something that they really cared about and there's a lot of great elements to that film um they handled dealing with magical beasts in a very not too whimsical way and okay. and introduced um i think they introduced grindelwald in a good way the problem was is that the film came out at a time when johnny depp was not being received too well it came out pretty much right during the information where he may or may not have uh, you know, allegedly assaulted, yeah. assaulted his wife. So it was kind of... Not a good time. For not him. a good time for him to come out. Uh, for that trailer to drop and everything. Okay. Was this the... You're talking about this is the first movie? Yes, the first movie. Okay. So I feel like that kind of took Did it affect the box too. office at all? Um, I mean, it still came out with, I think we talked before this, uh, $812 million. Okay, so not bad, so obviously. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's Harry it's not, Potter's a big um, film franchise. Yeah, a big fandom. So, mm. and you, I mean, it's not Harry Potter sequel no. money or anything like that, though. But it, it was good enough. Mm. Where, okay, so um, so you, how excited are you about this? Is it something you've been waiting for for the past like couple of years? Well, I'm always looking for something new in Harry Potter to enjoy. Like um, this... I think by the end of this weekend, uh, me and my girlfriend are going to go through all the Harry Potter films since she hasn't finished all of them. She's only seen the first three. So I'm going to make her watch all of them. <laughs> and I haven't been a huge Harry Potter fan for a long time. You know, it came out, I was that generation where it came out, all the books were coming out while I was in school and stuff. So. Uh huh. Well, I know I have friends who were adults at the mm -hmm. time those books were coming out and they were standing in line. For their releases and you know they you know were reading them with as much like you know passion as you would read you know my what uh, people would consider an adult you know <laughs> books so my um, friend um lucas still has a uh, what's it called a countdown thing for the half blood prince book like it was like a special thing we just got at school and it's in his basement okay <laughs> and harry potter's got a huge fandom so i'm mm. not surprised um, the Harry Potter have toys. Yeah, they have like, toys. They besides have... the brooms and stuff, like I've seen those wands, action figures, uh, huge Lego figures? series. Yeah. Okay. All right. I just never. I I've seen some like I've seen the pops and stuff like mm. that. I didn't know if the fandom like went that like. I don't crazy. think it goes crazy for the toys like how Star Wars does and everything. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I haven't imagined that. Uh, I mean, it's just little, like, wizard boys on brooms, so I don't know how crazy <laughs> you could get with the toys, so. <laughs> if you say so. If you say so. Wizard girl. So, the wizards, they're all wizards, or the girls are witches? Yes. Okay. All right. Now, my thing is, aren't 
the opposite of witches, warlocks? Shouldn't they be warlocks? But I mean, a wizard is technically the same thing, right? I don't think so. I think isn't well, a witch to me is usually like the dark arts, but are they? They're not practicing like. No, I mean they're not trained to practice dark arts. Uh, okay. Whatsoever. Okay. So, do they tap into that at all? Um, are there warlocks in this universe? Not. That, I mean, not that I'm aware of. Okay. I'm asking very deep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They usually only talk about witches and wizards. And then if there's an evil wizard, they'll just say, you know, it's a a wizard that went dark. That went dark. Okay. All right. Such and such. So what are your, like, what are you wanting out of this sequel? For this, I would like, I like to see kind of where they're going. Because it's, this should be near the beginning of this, like, great magical war that was um, often talked about in the previous books and movies, like the main books and movies. Okay. Um, they're going to be exploring, you know, young Albus, and they're going to be exploring young um, Grindelwald, which is pretty much the inspiration for Voldemort, who is the main villain in Harry Potter. Like, he gets a lot of his ideas from Grindelwald, of there needing to be only pure magic beings in the world and stuff like that. Are you going to see any of those characters in like this movie like a younger version I don't know time wise how that matches up yeah it's um, will there be a younger Voldemort in this oh well Voldemort probably won't show up in this film at least not till like after the Great War or whatever do you think the third movie will be the Great War or is that going to lead to another like set of films about the Great War third or fourth probably third or fourth I think they have scheduled four they're films. going that deep you think they're going oh so there's actually four like, I think that they have slated, slated films, films for okay when they first announced that they were doing they this. just knew they were printing money huh yeah like, four films <laughs> <laughs> put it on the schedule they have something big here, and they're not going to waste that. Um, I'm still waiting. You know, I, I'm assuming greed-wise, they're they're probably still going to make. <laughs> I'm I'm saying it like that because uh, that's that's free money. They they introduced the concept of there being an American school. Why not do books on that? That's that's the easiest easiest route. To so get. did speaking of the Great War. Did Rowling, like, actually write in depth about the Great War, or is it just something that's mentioned in, like, passing? It's more mentioned in passing. Like, okay. it's, it's, like, a big aspect. Because um, they like to tie in the magical world to the real world as much as possible. Like, where were magical beings during World War One and Two, and what was going on? Okay. So, like, a lot of what happened back then is also magical beings were on either side of the war as well. So oh, That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now is she still writing? Is the author still writing like material, or no. she's just done? She's been done for a while. For a while, okay. she still has like she she'll give input on like the fan website and stuff like that for special Does she, things. But like, do these movies have her blessings though? Hundred percent. Yeah, she definitely works on those. Uh, helps with the scripts and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Like, okay. So she's totally a part of the film process. She probably gets more money that way too. Oh, so. I'm sure. Yeah, they do well. <laughs> Well, that's awesome, man. Well, I hope you enjoy the movie this weekend. This weekend? Uh, next no? weekend. Next weekend. Okay. Yes. I'm seeing a movie this weekend. Mm. That's right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I enjoy my movie, too. So, uh, moving on, we do have some movie news. Uh, out of nowhere, we had an announcement of a Breaking Bad movie 
coming out. Yes. So and we don't know anything else about this movie. <laughs> like I said, it is a slow news week. Uh, but Breaking Bad is supposed to be getting a movie. Brian Cranston said 100% he would be interested in reprising the role. And yes. if it got to variety at this point, I feel like it's already like in the works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're past the, the just talk stage of this. So um, I'm just curious to see where they go with this. And they, they literally had no details whatsoever. You know, the original creator's back. You know, he's the driving force behind it, um, Vincent Gillian. And uh, I believe, no one knows whether it's going to be a prequel. I can't imagine it being any kind of sequel. Since Walt White is actually dead at the mm-hmm. end of the show, I don't see where they would be going. You <laughs> know? Otherwise, so I'm guessing it's going to be, you know, an actual prequel. Um, I guess. I don't know if I want, or maybe it's an in-between quote. Maybe it's like some lost, you know, story (laughs) that didn't make it to the small screen. I'm wondering, you know, speaking of another AMC show, if they're going to kind of go the route that they're going with the uh, Rick Grimes trilogy. Um, You know, spoilers if you've been watched last episode of Walking Dead, but, you know, that was, you know... uh, Rick Grimes' last episode, uh, the actor, Andrew Lincoln, leaving the series. So he's going ahead and, you know, everyone speculated that, you know, he was going to die in this episode. Mm. And why wouldn't you? It's Walking Dead. Usually most of the characters end up dying. So, but uh, apparently some helicopter showed up and took him off into the sunset. And he is going to be doing a trilogy of movies for AMC. So I'm wondering if, and that's supposed to air on AMC, though. It's not actually going to be making it to the theaters or anything like that. So I'm wondering if this Breaking Bad movie is going to be kind of one of those deals where it's going to be just on AMC. So, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, are you interested in this story? Like, I just feel like it's a prequel? Walter's story is so just done and like we've seen it from start to finish such a great story too like I hate for them to fuck it up I mean if it's just like a side story do you think it would be like in the vein of Better Call Sal oh Better Call Saul Um, sorry Saul but uh yeah or maybe it's something like maybe it's between those two you know shows Better Call Saul's done a really good job about kind of like diving deeper into like a lot of great characters were introduced into Breaking Mm. Bad um, you know, and really, you know, telling their stories. So, I mean, I trust them with their material, obviously. Um, I'm like two seasons behind on that show, though. So maybe it's gone to the shits. I don't know. But I really loved like the first couple seasons mm. of that um, series. So, I mean, maybe it is something that ties those two worlds together. You know, like you get like kind of like that in between, you know, story. So, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know where we could go with, like, Walt, you know, as the main character at this moment. So, and I definitely don't feel like I want to see a sequel to Mm. Breaking Bad. So, I'll I'll be curious. I'm sure more details will start, you know, leaking shortly after. Because, I mean, like like Harry Potter, you know, Breaking Bad has a rabid fan following. Exactly. All right, what else do we have, Christian? Well, you did mention the Rick Grimes trilogy. I was wondering, do you like how do you think this like they would handle that story? I have no clue, man. I have not been keeping up with that <laughs> show at all. I don't understand what this helicopter thing mm-hmm. is. Um, you know, I, I, it, honestly, like 
with the comics, they're almost caught up to where I was, where I left off. You know, I kind of stopped reading because I felt like it was getting too spoilery with, like, the show and everything. Mm-hmm. For the first, like, couple seasons, there was enough difference between the books and the show to kind of make them companion pieces where you could kind of enjoy them separately. But the last, like, you know, season or two with, like, the Negan War and everything, it just, like, they were going straight from page, it felt like. So, I mean, a lot of, like, the big moments were already spoiled for me. So I kind of stepped back from the comics, you know, and just, you know, hoping not to, like, you know, spoil the show. But then I just stopped watching the show (laughs) altogether. So now I want to, like, jump into the comics again. I mean, this world... I don't know, it's interesting to me without Rick Grimes as part of it and Carl. Because, I mean, that's the whole premise of the book is really, you know, Rick and his son, you know, on this journey in this, like, post-apocalypse-like world. Um, So I I don't know how this story works without those two characters. So I I would like to give it a watch and see what it looks like without that, without, without those elements. But at the same time, I don't... I don't know if I care anymore. I mean, would you fill in those roles then with like Michonne and the daughter at that point? Like kind of tell like... those stories that are, I don't know, that were maybe in the comic using Michonne. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if they need to go that route. I, I think it's a good chance for them to kind of tell their own story mm-hmm. at this point. You know, I mean, and kind of like not walk away from Kirkman's, you know, material. And I think he's still a writer on the show, but like, you know, take it a different direction. Uh, this was also Maggie's last episode, too. Um, you know, and that's, you know, something that, you know, she's such a huge part of the book and everything that I, I'm i interested to see, like, you know, who fills in that role. You know, I, I don't, it's very curious to me, like, what they're doing exactly. Um, but they seem like there's no, like, end in sight for the show that's what they keep on saying like the show can keep on going and i know ratings are you know taking a massive hit over the last two seasons but they're still good enough mm. to keep it going and they were i think they even teased like other possible spin-off shows um still to come from walking dead so i don't know i mean I, that doesn't sound like too tantalizing to me but i, I don't know i i would like to say i, I love michonne as a character I love Daryl as a character, and Daryl's not part of the book, so I feel like they've got a clean slate, you know, with Daryl, hmm. you know, and they could kind of, you know, focus the show around him if they wanted to. Um, I, Negan's still kicking, you know, so they could tell a story with Negan if they wanted to. I don't see him being the you know, main character of the story, and I, you know, it, that'd be a twist. He's got well, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, the. I'll get into it, but it, it, there is part, parts of the comic where there's this whole parallel between Negan and Rick, and I mean, it's there in the Negan mm. War, but, like, is Rick really becoming Negan? Is he the villain of the story? So, I mean, there's different aspects of that that they could kind of dive into if they wanted to using Negan, but I don't know. I don't know if there's enough interest there, you know, amongst fans nowadays, you know. And if Rick is not going to come back... I'm assuming he's going to have to die in this trilogy of films. I don't know. Because I just like just from my memory of this character and where he was last I saw, I can't imagine him being okay being far away from his daughter like this. No, no, and that's what 
And that's obviously I they have to be taking him far away where it's mm-hmm. just impossible for him to try. Or maybe the whole trilogy is him traveling back to, you know, wherever they are, you know, Georgia or something, you know, to, to find his daughter in Michonne again. Mm. So, I mean, maybe that's part of the, you know, the premise of the movies. So I, I have no clue what they're doing. Oh, man, it's kind of crazy. So um, the fact that they're like, you know, doubling down so hard, that was ballsy to me. When a lot of people are walking away from the series, they're like, no, we're giving you more Walking Dead. You're not getting away. <laughs> you thought Rick was gone? No, you're getting three fucking movies. He's getting his own goddamn trilogy. Um, so they're milking this shit, you know, which is fine if they got a story, mm. you know. I do want to jump back in. I do want to catch up and just see where it, you know, went wrong, you know. And I, maybe I love it. I don't know. Just from the way people have been talking, though, it went wrong at some point. Um, the only reason I really lost interest was just because of time and everything. And I think the whole Negan storyline was so dragged out for me. And going, like, reading the comics first, it didn't help. You know, I mean, it's a big part of the comics and it's well done. It's one of my favorite arcs in the comic book. But the way that they, I don't know, they dragged that shit out so much, it just ruined it for me. It just really did. Because in the in the comics, he's a force of nature that just hits the group. You didn't have like this, you know, whole season of different characters dropping Megan's name, mm-hmm. building him up. And just everyone just waiting patiently for this huge moment um, and then for it not to happen. You know, I think a lot of people didn't forgive them. You know, that the fact that you, I don't know if you remember, like you were waiting for, you know, what ended up being the Glenn moment in the series to happen at the finale. And then they just kind of like, you know, ended this, you know, the season and then they opened up, you know, the next season with the moment. But a lot of people were, you know, who were actually like in the know because of the comics were really disappointed because like I just sat through a whole fucking season. And then it came back, time. and the people that weren't in the know were also terrified by that moment. Yes, I, I, I you don't know how many times I heard people who said, "I'm not watching the show anymore because mm-hmm. I watched this brutal murder now." Yeah, yeah, I think it kind of the tone changed so drastically mm. for some people. Um, it definitely, you know, hurt their fandom. And this was at a time where I, you know, reports were coming out. They want to ramp it up so it's more on Game of Thrones level and they want to be competing with them more. Uh, really? I didn't yes. hear that because they were doing fine in the ratings. So I don't know why they would feel like they have to ramp. It's, a, it's all on the page. Mm-hmm. So it's not even ramping up. It's there. So, I mean, it's not like, like that's the source material. So in my eyes, it's not ramping up. It's just telling the fucking story the right way. So, because, I mean, I know me as, you know, a fan of the book, I would have been pissed off if they fucking watered that shit down. <laughs> so, because it is a horrific moment. Mm. The problem is, in the book, it just happens like that. You know, there's a little buildup, but you have no idea what the fuck is going on. You know, you aren't expecting to lose Glenn like that mm. at all. And it just happens. Um, and it's horrific and horrible, but it, it feels real for that world. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons why it's such a big moment. Um, But for them to kind of toy with that and, like, fans, like, expectations and everything like that, 
I think it just left a really bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, you know, not only for, you know, fans who weren't prepared for it, but fans who've been waiting for it for such a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for them to be like, oh, to be continued, just like, oh, really? Are you fucking kidding me? Because they did that, I think, the past season with some other shit where it was like, okay. Cliffhanger and then you get an epic start the next season. I mean, that's just, yeah, formula. It's for, but it became too formula. Like, it was too much. Mm. You know, you were getting that too much every season. They went through this thing where the the group either, you know, meets up in the first episode and they're all together. And then for some reason they disperse, you know. And then you spend like six or seven episodes, you know, with their individual stories. And then you're waiting for them to meet up again, you know, to take on whatever big bad they're facing. <laughs> You know, it just, be, it felt like that every season, mm. you know, it became too much. I remember episodes where I was like, oh God, this is going to be, you know, the, you know, Herschel episode, or this is going to be, you know, and just groaning like, oh, I've got to watch this whole, you know, this one character that I don't really give a shit about, you know, for a whole fucking episode, you know, it it was, it was too much, you know, <laughs> they knew how to milk that shit mm. <laughs> story-wise. I'll tell you where I fell off was mostly just because during that major fight scene um, where you have Negan's guys there and you have on the main crew there all fighting back and forth. They just got all the other um, towns in on with them and they're finally fighting back and you just see main characters all just shooting guns at each other but no one's hitting anyone. Mm-hmm. And it's so apparent because it's just like people running completely out of cover and no one's getting hurt. Yeah, but I'm sure there's moments like that throughout the whole series. But this was like <laughs> drastically bad. That was what like killed your... Like, A lot, yes. Really? I don't know, man. I guess I look past some <laughs> of that shit. Like, me just, I don't know. Them, like, taking a story that took, like, a couple issues to tell and, like, you know, spreading out between 12 fucking hours, that's when I kind of, like, walked away. I just couldn't handle it. I don't know. So. Well, in other cinematic news... Yeah, uh, fuck that show. <laughs> <laughs> we got some casting news from the Birds of Prey movie that's coming out in 2020. Ooh. I still don't know if I care about this movie, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, but um, I do care about this character. Uh, Black Mask apparently is the main villain in this movie, and it's going to be played by Ewan McGregor. Interesting choice. Yeah, you know, I, I love the actor. He's coming off a fantastic performance from last year. Um, he was in the third season of Fargo, and he played like two different characters. Um, it just... I don't know. It really made me appreciate him as an actor and as a performer. I, I always enjoyed him, but like it really showed how great like he is um, as an actor. So it just didn't like jump out to me though as like you know oh like some choices or some casting news like you hear and you're like oh that's an obvious choice yeah that's great this was not one of those I'm sure he'll do great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's an awesome character. It really is. I'm glad that, you know, he's going to get represented, like, cinematically. Uh, but, and I'm like, glad I, it's a character we haven't seen mm, before. I almost okay. see him more fitting in a role like Baron Zemo than I would for Black Mass for some reason. I don't yeah. Know. Oh, I could definitely see him as Zemo. And that actor who portrayed Zemo mm-hmm. actually reminds me a lot of the <laughs> So it's funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I, I could definitely see him as Zemo, but uh, I don't know. I'm just I, 
I just have I I hope I wish the film well. I just <laughs> I'm not excited for this film at all. I hope it's something that's taken seriously and it's in a completely different direction than Suicide Squad was. Can we pretend Suicide Squad didn't happen? I mean, does does Suicide Squad know that it happened? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, and we we had news recently that James Gunn is at least writing the next Suicide Squad. It's definitely a sequel, mm-hmm. so you're getting all those, you know, the actors that are left returning. So I, it feels like it's going to happen. I don't know if they need to even touch upon the story that happened, though. They could just kind of jump into another mission and, you know, just forget everything happened in the first one. <laughs> Not really dive into it. I just, I want a different relationship for Harley and the Joker. Um, I think that's what kind of, you know, ruined it for me in the first movie. I think they're still going ahead with that. They still have thoughts to do more of that relationship, though. I hate that. I really do. I, really I don't do. think it'll have anything to do with this film necessarily, but, you know, down the road, they will still want to do a type of mad love. So, is Jared Leto supposed to be getting his own Joker film? I, I'm not aware if he's getting his 100% his own, but it'll definitely be, it'll definitely have to do something with... Harley's, Harley. like, slated for, like, three movies. <laughs> Yes. You know, Margot Robbie's going to be busy for the next, mm-hmm. like, decade, you know, being Harley Quinn. So, I just, I don't I don't think anyone's on board with Jared Leto. Like, I, I feel like whatever performance we're going to get out of Walking Phoenix is going to change people's perceptions on what they want for Joker going forward. I don't think if it's even changing the perceptions, well, though. Like, I know what you're saying, because I don't think anyone wanted Jared Leto's performance mm-hmm. or his version of the character. Um, so and it's not like it's it's. I think it's going to make it even more right. difficult for yes. him, you know. Um, so whatever movie they do with, you know, the next time Jared Leto dons the makeup, I mean, it's got to be a fucking home run. Mm-hmm. He's really got it. Like, I hope they just take it a different direction. I wouldn't even be surprised if it they like made the like they made it seem like the tattoos were removable. Like he just starts to wipe it off, like it was special makeup they had. Yeah, it just. You know, for me, I mean, that movie was just flawed from the get-go. And like I said, the, the Harley and, you know, Joker relationship just seemed wrong mm-hmm. to me, you know? I mean, Harley's story, for me, is about, like, empowerment and her coming from underneath the thumb of Joker and, you know, walking away from what is a, an incredibly abusive relationship. <laughs> so I didn't appreciate them, like, almost romanticizing it. I know that they got this whole, like, Sid and Nancy vibe and everything, but I, I don't feel like they portrayed it mm. as, as abusive as it should have been portrayed. Well, you know, they say that they filmed all that, but they just didn't use it. Yeah. And, like, they changed a lot of the aspects. Like, he's supposed to throw her out of the helicopter, not fall. Yes. Um, that, and that's supposed to be, like, her reasoning for think, going back to the team. Was that a studio's choice, or was that the director's choice? I feel like that was probably more of a studio choice. Yeah. It sounded like the director wanted to go a little bit more violent than they wanted. They wanted to sugarcoat it, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That movie... That, was that... That wasn't rated R, right? No. That was PG-13. The next movie needs to be rated R. They have no business making a Suicide Squad movie that's not rated R. I mean, I understand his thought. Look what Deadpool's done. Yeah, but then you look at Venom and... Venom's doing fine! Yes. But I'm saying that's why they're going to continue PG-13. Oh, but I think Deadpool did better than Venom. I will have to look at the box office, but I mean, Venom... I 
I feel like with the theme of like one with a character like Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. you know, as edgy as she is, and if you've got a relationship between her and the Joker, you need to be R-rated. And just the concept of Suicide Squad, you know, I mean, there's no reason not to. You're still going to print money with that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you like promise people a new direction and like, I don't know, to forget the first movie, <laughs> I'll go see it. You know, if you tell me, oh, listen, hey, we're sorry, <laughs> but still come watch a movie. I mean, I'll go see it. Jared Leto's a great actor. You know, I don't feel like it was his fault. I feel like it's the script's fault. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just not excited for this. <laughs> I can tell. I, I'm trying to get there, but I just can't. You know, I love Black Mask, though. I'm glad that they're bringing him in. I just hope it's not wasted, and then like they don't want to like touch the character for years because of it. The only other casting decision I didn't like was um, having, I think it's Mary Kate Winslet mm-hmm. is the name, being Huntress. I wanted her to rather be um, Catwoman. Okay. What has she been in? Um, my memory. She was Ramona in Scott Pilgrim, and she was also um, the main actress in Ten Cloverfield Lane. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I don't know. I could see her as Huntress. I just don't give a shit about Huntress. She's yeah. always Batgirl <laughs> white to me. So, mm. and Batgirl's not supposed to be in this film whatsoever. No, there's no Oracle or anything that's not happening. No, I mean Batgirl's universe. getting her own film. So, but well, so's the Joker. Another, I mean, they could still have them because Birds of they, Prey for me is always like that team of like Black Canary and Huntress and everything. Um, and then with Oracle, you know, really calling the shots. So it's weird for me not to have Oracle as depends part on of what that. they want to do. Well, yeah, it still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it so, depends on where they want to Harley Quinn's really not part of it either. So, but they're like, hey, let's throw her in yes. there. We got to have another reason to have a Harley Quinn film out there. I mean, God, kids are still dressing up like her for Halloween. Hmm. You know, and it's the movie version of Harley Quinn to my dismay. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. I I'm don't sorry, know. David. Whatever. Like I said, I'm a crotchety old man today. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I want the... If, if they're going to continue, though, I want the Harley Quinn that we're getting in the comics, at least more lately. Like what we're getting out of um, Heroes of Crisis. Yes. Yes. I would... Uh, you know, a very... Harley's an interesting character. Mm-hmm. She really is. Um, so when done right... I mean, I feel like everything about her story is cinematic. I just didn't appreciate this, like, kind of watered-down bumblegum, like, version that they did. So, and I get it. They want to make money. Yes. But, I mean, obviously, it felt like the wrong choice, you know. I mean, that movie was critically panned. and you know. Yeah, I remember. They were making a lot of wrong choices at the time. Yes. <laughs> well, hopefully they've righted the ship at yes. this point. So, we'll see. Everything looks great with the Joker so far. You know, and, they, I mean, we're basing that on, like, photos. But... <laughs> It hey, Aquaman's like, on the way. They just uh, casted a young Bruce Wayne for the Joker film. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we are going to have... It's a very young Bruce Wayne. I think he's like maybe 10 or something. Mm. So I'm wondering if like this movie is kind of... kid from Gotham, is this, it? No, it's not. <laughs> I think that guy's like 20 at this point, so... <laughs> True. Um, but it's going to... Maybe this is going to be like, you know, the end of this movie is like the start of Batman's story. Who knows? So because we know we've got. I hope it's not Joker killing his goddamn parents. Like in the Tim Burton's uh, yes. version of it. I, 
I'm fine with it not being the Joker. I'm fine with it too, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ties into, you know, Bruce's origin like that. So, I wouldn't be surprised. At least be a henchman or something. Don't... Okay. Don't give me Joker killing his parents again. Again. (laughs) Now, when you saw that movie... Did you know, like, that that origin wasn't, like, the true... No. Like, okay. I, when I saw the original Batman, no, I, I was like, yeah, Joker killed his parents. Uh-huh. That was, like, my assumption for the longest time. Yeah, not Joe Chill, right? Because <laughs> who the fuck is Joe Chill? <laughs> um, well, so many, like, so many different shows and comics have all just altered that, who's killed his parents over and over again. Yeah. There are so many different alternate versions. Well, like, like I said, it's like, modern mythology, so now people have their own... Mm-hmm. And that, that story's been told so many times now. I wouldn't hate the movie because of that, but I I definitely don't necessarily want to see that origin. But I could definitely see maybe something where it's cause and effect. You know, something, you know, Joker had one bad day, now Bruce is having one bad day. You know, something like that, you know, happens. You know, we know that we have Thomas Wayne in the film, you mm-hmm. know, and he's supposed to be a, a main character. So I could definitely see that, you know, Bruce origin, you know, Batman origin starting here. Um, but we'll see. We'll we see. will definitely see. Yes. I'll yes. See October movie. too, right? I think it's next year. Exactly like a year away. Oh, okay. And we're already talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's time for some comics. Let's go. Now accessing comics. So this week we have Spider-Force... Number one, keeping on with the Spider-Geddon storyline. That uh, is right. Do you want to read the blurb, Christian? I'll read it. It's fine. Go for a, it. Uh, a Spider-Geddon tie-in. The deadliest task in all of Spider-Geddon has come up, and Kane has stopped, or sorry, has stepped forward for what he's sure will be a suicide mission. But he can't do it alone, and Jessica Drew, a.k.a. Spider-Woman, has signed on to help. But has Kane told her the whole truth with Ashley Barton from the Old Man Logan universe and two new characters, Astro Spider and Kid Spider, Kane's team is complete and their first mission may be their last. Now, David, when I joked that they were going to do an X-Force team, I didn't actually think that they were going to do an X-Force team. Okay, because I was going to say, did you see the solicitation? No. I was like, oh, he must have saw this, like, beforehand. I had no idea. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, so we got Spider-Force. Speaking of Suicide Squad, I enjoyed Mm. this, you know, version of the Spider-Man Suicide Squad, because this is basically them on a suicide mission, whether they know it or not. Seems like Kane knew it. (laughs) So, um, you know, they're on this planet, this radioactive planet, Mm. to find or to get a crystal before... You know, the lead uh, hereditary, or not hereditary, great movie though, uh, Inheritor, <laughs> Inheritor, Inheritor uh, gets her hands on it because she's trying to resurrect her father. So, Isn't it also his goal to just to kill her there and then there? Well, he well. would like to, yeah. Yes. But she's very powerful, <laughs> so good luck with that. But uh, yeah, he would like to end it there. And that's kind of something that he kind of leaves out with the rest of the team when he's kind of, you know, going over his game plan. Mm-hmm. So uh, he... He drafts Jessica Drew, and she's begrudgingly, like, going along with them. She doesn't show up to, like, the final minutes before they're about to leave. Makes a good point, you know, puts the fact that she has this child who's connected to the web now. Yes. Right in her face, you know, like, 
They're going to come no matter what. Yeah, I didn't realize that her child was, you know, like, had a full-on, like, you know, power set of his Mm -hmm. own and everything like that. So I thought that was interesting because I really haven't read anything with Jessica in it since the original Mm Spider-Verse. So I've not keep, like, track of her, like, solo book or anything like that. And this actually made me want to, like, pick up her solo book. I don't even know if she has a solo book right now, though. So um, she's a great character and she's really underutilized. Um... she you know back in like the early 2000s you know she finally got back on the scene by with bendez and she was a big part of that new avengers run um and i think she was a big part of the popularity of that new avengers run so it's kind of weird that she's kind of fallen to the you know wayside because with you know especially with like the mcu like i feel like she would be a character that would be great in like that you know cinematic universe we'll see if we get there so was well what she doesn't even have to really she really has nothing to do with spider-man's origin but is would she still be tied into those rights what do you mean oh i don't know she might be completely separate because she mm-hmm. doesn't really have anything to do with you know the any of the spider books she didn't debut in the spider-man so she might not be. So I'm really surprised that she has been rumored or at least talked about. I'm surprised like a show like uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't like go that route with her because she was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a long mm-hmm. time. So, I mean, it's just curious to me why they decided to kind of like, you know, forget about her. Like, I remember when news reports were like, it was a huge deal when she changed her costume. Mm-hmm. It was like the biggest deal in Marvel for a while. Yeah, yeah. And I like the costume mm-hmm. change. I, I really enjoy her new costume. So, um, but I didn't have a problem with the classic costume, but I think it was the way that artists were portraying her yeah. in that costume <laughs> was way too overly sexualized. So, and maybe that's part of it, you know, um, I don't know, you know, which is unfortunate because she's a great character, you know, in my mind. Her origin's a little crazy, but she's a fun character. But anyway, so I was happy to see her like pop up you know, in the first book, they mentioned her, but it sounded like they were going to leave her out yes. of it because she has a kid, which makes sense. Um, but yeah, so she ends up joining the team right before they jump to this other Earth. Um, and she ends up being the one who kind of saves the team, um, you know, at the, when like all else has failed. So she pops up out of nowhere. Cause she's, is she completely like um, invulnerable to radioactivity? No, she has a suit on though that's not damaged though. Where okay. their other their suits get damaged, so um, yeah. I, think that's that was how, I was like, I don't know, is because I couldn't tell. Is she just invulnerable? Or? I believe it's because the suit is. Okay. Yeah, she has that her makes more suit sense. Still, <laughs> so um, uh, they introduced Spider Kid in this too. Um, who's a brand new character? It's the angsty like '90s version of you know <laughs> Spider Man. Um, Charlie. Who's really Peter Parker, yes. I guess. He's going by but Charlie. But he's going by Charlie. He hates his Uncle Ben, apparently. <laughs> so uh, I enjoyed that character. I liked his costume design, too. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see if he makes it out alive. But He definitely seems like he has a lot to hide still. Yeah. It's stuff for us to find out later. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it seems like a fun character to kind of explore with. Um, and. You know, I mean, there's been a lot of stars that jumped out of the like the Spider Verse book, and I could see him being one of them for this like story arc. So, um, but there are going to be like three issues of this, so we'll figure it, find out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and we'll see if he shows up in the main story mm-hmm. too. So, uh, but yeah, this was a fun ride. I I didn't really get the whole Astro Spider 
point. And like the only reason I know his name is Astro Spider is because he shows up at the mm. you know, and it's in the solicitations for the book. So, but he shows up at the end, and like I was confused. I was like, is this supposed to be someone like relevant to like the six one six world? Like, is this a big moment? Because he's threatening them mm. um, when he shows up, and like they think they're you know they're well they're trying to you know get out of this world and or no i'm sorry that's right because kane has destroyed destroyed their way off earth (laughs) and then they're getting shot at and it's astro spider you know um who i actually thought was either ben riley at first or i thought he was like a version of eddie brock so i was kind of confused on what the hell which he still could be we don't know shit about that's true that's true (laughs) that's true i just thought it was ben riley like the 616 version of ben riley just because we saw him following you know, Kane after he had that little meeting with Dr. Octopus. On it the, would be funny if he had, like, a whole suit prepared and ready. Like, ready to that. go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crazy You didn't invite me, but I'm ben, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I brought this suit just in case. Um, but, yeah, no. It was a fun book, though. It really mm. was. You know, this is the kind of tie-in I enjoyed. This was a real simple read. Yes, yes, yes. A quick read, but mm. a fun read. So, um, you know, and I... I I don't know where this is going to lead, um, but I feel like this is also a time where you probably don't need it to enjoy like the main story, but it enhances it at least. Mm. You know, I don't feel like it's just a money grab where they're putting out thirty books just tied around this event. To well, you then know, you look at this, and then you also look at Volts of Spire, and I was like looking at that uh, while we were before we were starting. And I was just like, this is just giving me random introductions to characters that have nothing to do with the main plot that don't even seem to be like they're going to be using them in the story whatsoever. see I wouldn't be surprised if some of them pop up but I, I know what you mean where it feels like okay I don't need this mm-hmm. I didn't need to read this to enjoy the main story and that's what I like with an event book like if the tie-in doesn't really affect the main story then I don't know if I even need well, so it it just always should have a story through line mm-hmm. it shouldn't just be character 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 yeah, well, that was literally like a bio book, right? Yeah, pretty okay. much. And, yeah. But they didn't introduce it as that. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, like, this where it feels like this is a good side story mm. and everything like that, and it ties directly into the main story, so I'm okay with it. But, yeah, a book like that is definitely annoying. And, you know, especially if you wasted four bucks on it, yeah. you know, that's a little, you know, much. So, um, But you never know when you're just picking up the first appearance of another major, you know, character like a Spider-Gwen, which actually popped out of the whole Spider-Verse thing. Ooh. So, um, You never know, web-slinger shooting webs out of his guns could be the next <laughs> big guy. You'll be wearing his shirt next year. Yes. <laughs> All right, what do we got next? Uh, we have Extermination number four. The X-Men are at the end of the row. If even one of the original five X-Men dies, our future is lost. Jean Grey and the X-Men only have one option left, and it may cost them everything. Well, spoilers. They might give God everything cost for them. Yes, yes. Uh, this book ends with Ahab killing the young Cyclops. So, shit's about to go down. Yes. At least it seems like he's killed the young Cyclops. I've been duped before. It is comic books. So, uh, but yeah, it, it feels like he's dead here. There was blood. So, there was a lot of blood. <laughs> you know, and you just see his, like, you know, hanging feet. And it looked pretty horrific mm-hmm. from, like, the way the other characters were reacting to it. Um, 
Man, time travel sucks, though. Like, I'm yes. like, okay, does time just unravel here? <laughs> well, they explained early on, you know, paradoxes and bullshit like that. Yes, bullshit like that. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm letting it go. Uh, but I, I did actually enjoy this book, you know, more than the last three, at least. Um, what issue is this? This is number four. This is number four. I enjoyed the first. I enjoyed the first. Inside. I, I enjoy. I've enjoyed it so far. Um. So I'm. This was a good book. I'm wondering where, like, how much stories left to be told, and I don't feel like there's that many issues left in this. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is going to be a direct like tie-in or lead-in to Disassembled, which we know is hitting any week now. Exactly. I feel like it's just going to, the next issue is going to come out, it's going to be like, story continues and disassembled. And yes. And you should move on to the Yes, next well, everything's just going to go to hell, so, because mm. there's really no exit. Yeah, the, the next one should be the last one. That should be the conclusion. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we, I, I enjoyed the interaction between the young Cable and X-Force. I thought that was really cool. Um, I think it's a novel idea to have, you know, in spoilers, but if you read the solicitations at all, you've seen that X-Force, the, the upcoming X-Force team is going to be led by the young Cable. So I, I feel like that dynamic will be mm-hmm. cool to see play out on the page. So it's a different way to freshen up the whole concept of X-Force and everything, because this is a very hard-nosed Cable. I mean, he means business. He fucking killed himself, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so he could complete his mission. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So I, I'm I'm hoping to get X Force, you know, back to form with this series. So um, I don't know. It, it does feel like it's going to be like I feel like there's a lot more story to be told. So I'm I'm kind of disappointed. There's only one issue left, and I don't know how they're gonna tie it all up. But like I said, I mean, like we were saying, I guess this is more of a prelude to Disassembled. So I feel like. If I could predict them tying it up, they might just send this team back and we'll see what happens. What do you mean? Or maybe they'll send someone in Cyclops' place. Send someone in Cyclops' place? Like how? What do you mean? Like time travel-wise? Yeah, to send that team still back because they have to send those members back either way. Mm-hmm. I would hope that they would still send them back. And then send another character? to. But how does that save their timeline? Nothing can really save the timeline. (laughs) But the main thing was... I think that's the whole point. Like, that's why we got disassembled. Everyone's fucked. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I I have no... Like I said, fucking time travel, man. (laughs) X-Men like to dabble in it, though. Oh, my God. They do more than dabble in it. (laughs) Half their fucking characters in the X-Books are fucking time travelers. So, but I mean, like I said, I love half those characters. So, um... We'll see. I, I mean, I've enjoyed this series so far. I think I just was hoping it to be its own story, but I'm coming to the conclusion that it's really just a glorified prelude yeah. to Disassembled. So that's kind of disappointing to me. I feel a little duped, if you will. <laughs> it's still been... Like, I feel like they what story. they did with Hunt for Wolverine. I wouldn't take it that far. Mm, we'll see. There's been a lot There's more, one more issue this <laughs> than in Hunt for Wolverine. With a lot less issues. Exactly. I will give you that. It's been an entertaining ride. I just want more and I want a conclusion. I just want a definitive conclusion. And I know I'm a comic book fan. I should know better, no. but... The show know, must man. always go on. Because this X book is going to be a weekly book. Mm. 
So it's going to be Do like... Do we know how the, many issues it is? I'm not sure, but it, it's lengthy. It's I think it's like maybe 12 issues. So you're going to get three months worth of books. It's going to be very much like No Surrender. talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like No Surrender, the right. Avengers books. So, um, which in the Avengers are going to be doing another No Surrender like book. A sequel to No Surrender. So. Jeez, we got a lot coming. Huh? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I love No Surrender. So maybe they have a, a good enough story mm-hmm. to tell in that kind of format. We'll see. We'll see. That's a lot of story there. <laughs> All right, what do we got next? Um, Heroes in Crisis number two. Um, it has redacted in it. I'm, should I just say the names? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, just say the names. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers going forward. Um, Heroes in Crisis number two, suspected of murder. Um, Harley Quinn and Booster Gold find themselves on the run from the super hospital called Sanctuary, with each thinking the other one is the real killer. It's up to Batman to solve this heinous crime. I guess it's just Batman. There's no other teammates there with him. Sorry. Well, they're all kind of just leaning on <laughs> Batman. No, what do we do, crime. Batman? <laughs> but suspicion falls on him when Superman and Wonder Woman ponder just how much Sanctuary's AI is telling them. Meanwhile, um, Redacted tries to make a shady deal to hide from the Trinity. Harley uh, Quinn. Oh, Harley Quinn. Okay. While Booster Gold searches out an old friend to help him out of this mess. Skeets. <laughs> and um, he gets deeper in trouble. Man. Um, one, I don't feel like they were suspicious of Batman. Like, I think they are more like, come on, Batman. Yeah. Like, you, you totally... You, you have a way <laughs> of figuring this shit out. Or you, you've got, like, surveillance in there. There's no way that you didn't, you know, mm-hmm. suspect something's going to happen in this quote-unquote super hospital where, like, heroes are, you know, you know, visiting to deal with their, like, post-traumatic stress syndrome, you know. And villains. I still don't understand how Poison Ivy got in to this. I guess if you want to be rehabilitated... You, you can? You can. Is that the deal? I'm hoping. Okay. I'm hoping... Because it seemed a little weird. I was like, what is this? Um, that being said, I enjoyed the story. Once again, I like a good mystery, and this feels like a good mystery. Um, I enjoy Tom King's writing a lot. I like... I feel like he... He knows these characters. Mm. Um, you know, so they feel the way they yeah. should. And not to get too far away, but okay. your Poison Ivy comment... She does, like, at the end of um, the war between Joker and Riddler, she was used by the Riddler, and Batman talks her out of the situation mm-hmm. uh, that she is in when she tries to take over the world, pretty much. Yeah, and she's always, like, as a character, mm-hmm. always told the line, you know, going back and forth, where, you know, you could see her having, like, a face turn. You so know? Tom King was, it kind of makes sense why she would be there. Yes, I just didn't know, like... She's still a villain at this point, though. Do you really want her in this, you know, this safe place for heroes? So, um, you know, and she kind of, doesn't she kind of comment on, like, do I belong here? Like, yeah. So, but I, I, that being said, it's a a novel concept. Um, You know, it brings a little realism to, like, the superhero, you know, world as much as it possibly could. Mm -hmm. And I love that they're dealing with, like, real consequences. I love the moment with, like, um... Barry finding out about Wally, um, you know, from Booster and Booster's 
pretty fucked up at this point and you know not really like clicking on all cylinders like how he even like you know i don't know if he just assumes that barry knows but like he just you know happens to mention that one has been murdered um because i mean this wasn't very much different from the last time i read anything with booster gold he he just seems arrogant and like like incompetent at a point yeah but he does feel he's not himself Mm -hmm. like he's he's an idiot but he's not this much of an idiot where he's going to go up to fucking Barry Allen and, and like, just him. like, you know, oh, by the way, you know, your sidekick, you know, and friend for years has been murdered, you know, and just like kind of tell it in that kind of matter of fact way. So, um, you know, and I don't know if it was a, it feels like boosters off, you know, mm-hmm. to me. And, you know, I, that's why he's there, you know, at the, you know, uh, what do they call it? The sanctuary. Sanctuary. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I've enjoyed this book though. I really am. I we'll see where it goes. I mean, a, a good mystery could always take a turn for worse. Like if it doesn't make any well, sense. Well, did we, did we talk about the end? No, we did not talk about the end. Don't where, um, yes, someone has found their information, um, has gotten footage from Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was sent to Lois Lane. Um, I think it's, it's uh, was it the puddler what was the name that they oh, used the yeah, yeah it was something puddler or something puddler. like that um well it was arsenal's tape got sent to lois lane mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's a big moment mm-hmm. where like obviously there's someone pulling the strings um you know they uh do an autopsy on a character and i can't remember his name it's someone who's used he hangs out with like the justice society which was interesting because the justice society has not been like part of this universe at all you know since the whole you know um what's the name of it rebirth or thank you since rebirth you know they haven't been seen so it was interesting that they like had that character on the slab but i don't know it was weird to see them there you know i don't know if that's a clue or something but then he had you know the chattering teeth you know in his throat you know which, you know, seems like someone's trying to, like, place the blame on the Joker. Um, but I don't what? think it's that. I don't think hmm. it would be the Joker, you know, at that point. Could that also be placing the blame on Harley as well? Or It could be. Because that's, could that's be. the assumption I got when I it saw it. It could be. I didn't even be. think Joker, because I was just assuming who was there and who I think Charity, I think... Harley doesn't usually use no, the whole, right. like, you know, novelty, like, mm. <laughs> items. You know, Joker can be a little carrot top at times, you know, with all this shit, so. God, I can't imagine what Joker would do that kind of information. He's usually not into that, but I I, I think it'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, I, don't, I don't see them going that route, though. Mm. I feel like that was a red herring. So, um, but yeah, and I, I don't think it was Booster, and I don't think it's Harley at this point. So, we'll see. We'll see what I, happens. I mean, personally, I love this issue. Yeah. Like, um, I punched my desk like, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Tom King is killing it. I know he's got his retractors, but I, I've really enjoyed this, you know, his work this year. So, mm-hmm. and I'm not reading the Batman book. I know you are, and you're enjoying it. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, like, it turned off some people. But um, I've really enjoyed everything that I've read by him. So, I, I, I'm not disappointed here at all. And like I said, I love a good mystery, and that's what I feel like this is. Yes. Um, I don't know how much any of this really matters, though. I feel like it's a lot of death. <laughs> um, and is I, it going to matter to the DC universe? 
Probably in not, a year but or is two. Is it going to be a good story? And yes, because I think there's another Wally running around too, so it's a little weird, mm. and I don't understand the continuity at all, and I don't think DC does, but it's still a good story, and once again, you know, fuck continuity if it gets in the way of a good story. Yes. So. All right. Well, next up, we've got Justice League slash Aquaman Drowned Earth. Uh, Drowned Earth Part 1. The Ocean Lord's ancient sea gods with a grudge against Aquaman and Wonder Woman invade Earth with an alien army and flood the globe as Batman, Superman, and the Flash race to stop the water from rising and turning everyone to aquatic monsters. Mira seeks advice from an old enemy and Arthur must face down Black Manta or lose his connection to the ocean forever. That wasn't too bad. Not too bad. DC-wise? <laughs> for a blurb? Could have been a little less information. Yeah, but it was all right. It was a little, uh, Yes, it was definitely spoilery. But, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. At least it wasn't trying to be funny mm. or didn't think it was funny. So, um, but yeah. And it wasn't too, you know, pages long. That, that's always <laughs> a plus. But anyway, Christian, thoughts on this book? Uh, love letter to all subaquatic lovers, I guess. Anyone was who it? loves the sea. This uh, is, uh, or Aquaman in general, you know, Scott Snyder really went all in on Aquaman and possible potential Aqua lore. Um, <laughs> I just don't, I don't know, man, this isn't doing anything for me. <laughs> it really is. This was 40 pages long. Yeah, it was massive. And I, I didn't realize it was going to be a special issue. Like, I didn't know this, this was a special. Well, I think this is the only one yes. of this. So I know it says part one, but I feel like it's part one and it's going to be a crossover event, yes. really. But this is just how they're kicking it off. Because um, I think the rest of the story is told in, like, Justice League and exactly. Aquaman's, Aquaman's issues, which is fine with me. I'm good with that because I can't deal with a huge event around this. Because um, I just, I don't care about <laughs> these villains at all like i feel like they're so generic at this point um you know i mean god damn it freaking snyder man <laughs> these like even like i mean he has 40 pages and he does not like waste a single panel with oh, filling it up with fucking balloons of like exposition like once again like he just can't tell a simple story like he's gotta like overcomplicate things with these little like story points that really don't matter you know like i just i don't need like I mean, you pointed out like all the villains were like introducing themselves and it just feels so juvenile and very mm. like to me very Saturday morning cartoons. Like really, with like this character be like, I'm so and so of Venus, and you know my oceans were like this, and it's like, come on, man, just fucking fight. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay to have some eye candy on the page. I think the only um, villain I was interested by was the one that was able to stop Superman on his approach, and even then, I was still like, this, I, I don't care. Yeah. But you just tell me that you have the ability to deactivate his cells so that they can't get sunlight, and let's move on from there. Should Why I... would you bother telling him that? I don't know. <laughs> like... I guess, I guess it's comics. I get it, you know. I guess, but, just... but you could still do it in a way where it's like, show me, don't tell me. Yes, you know? exactly. Like, you know, there's no reason for anyone to do that, you know. I mean, it just, and it feels like, it feels like even though, like, it's, 
you know, extremely wordy and, you know, it's poetic at times, but I feel like it's dumbed down for the audience and it doesn't need to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's not respecting the reader enough with this exposition. Like, you feel like we can't follow the story without you telling us exactly what the fuck is going on every moment. Um, it's okay. You don't have to give us every <laughs> fucking, you know, like, villain telling us exactly why they're doing what and, like, the complete history of, you know, this, you know, uh, Atlantean, like, hero mm. god. Um, I am not a queen. I am a god. And yeah. this is why I have to be here. This you, is what your people did to me. And what upsets me the most is I've actually been enjoying the Justice League book. And this feels like such a, like, I don't know, side note for the whole thing. This totally feels like we have an Aquaman movie coming out. Yes. We need a big Aquaman event. You know, Snyder, can you do an Aquaman story? That totally, it just totally feels like that. Like, like promote the shit out of this movie as much as we can, you know, even in the books. And I don't think they needed that. I feel like they had a decent Aquaman story going on in the Justice League book where they didn't need to tell this story mm-hmm. to get him over at all. Just keep on doing what you're doing. And, you know, this just feels like it's not going to matter in the long run. Oh, God, no. The waters will go away. And yes. Everybody turn back somehow. Um, you know, and I know we're not diving into the details of this book, but it just, there's so many fucking details. I don't even know where to start. Um, but we'd have it, to write you a novel ourselves. Yes, exactly. Exactly. We do not recommend this book. So <laughs> <laughs> stay away from this arc if you're a Justice League fan. Uh, you skip can totally it. Skip it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's skippable, you know, and. You know, I, I did enjoy the Black Manta stuff, you know, with mm. him, you know, you know, spoilers, Black Manta ends up getting Aquaman's powers and then talks mad shit to him right away. You've had all these powers, you felt like this all these years, and all you've done with it is talk to fish. Mm. <laughs> Great moment, and it feels like Black Manta's finally getting his big, you know, moment, you know, in the spotlight. Um, but, I don't know, it's unfortunately wrapped up in this book. So, um, I almost wish that like Lex had put together some type of plan that involved all of their wishes happening at once. Whereas, you know, this could have been going on on Earth to distract some of the team while I feel like this is part of Lex. I feel like this is totally just a distraction for Lex to go after the totality, and that's why Batman is like safeguarding the uh, the uh, the Hall of Justice the way he is because he keeps on mentioning. I can't leave here because of the totality. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, Batman knows what the fuck's going on. He knows, Lex knows that the League is not going to allow, you know, this invasion to take place. Like, they're going to stop it somehow, but they'll be distracted enough for him to get his hands on the totality. I, I totally feel like that's what this is. I mean, is. it makes sense. We have no idea where they are. Uh-huh. Exactly. And all we've seen is Black Manta at this mm-hmm. point. So, um... You know, and I feel like that's... There is a Legion of Doom at as the last issue. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm not digging this book at all, though. So. All right. Well, speaking of Justice League and one of their founding um, members. Yes. Um, we finally finished off the Justice League Dark and Wonder Woman storyline, The Witching Hour. Um, for some reason, they numbered this number one, but I have no idea why. Um, the deadly finale of the witching hour arrives as Zaytana battles for Wonder Woman's soul and the rest of the Justice League Dark battle for their lives. 
Hikate is more powerful than the Greek gods, and no matter who wins, the Earth will lose its chance of surviving the war that's coming. Uh, big book. All right. I I would say it's it's thirty pages. It's but it's just as wordy. It's how many pages? Thirty. It was like thirty. Okay. 34, average. Because that fucking Justice League Aquaman book was 40. <laughs> uh, I mean, this felt But like was the, it a good kind of wordy? Wordy's not bad. It was still if a good a story, story. Yeah. So I can't complain, but I would have rather... It's pretty much the story of Hikate. Okay. Pretty much her whole life story and how magic came to be. But why not explain that over the course of the five issues? Mm. Give me a little bit each issue. Like, um... Because they did a great job of starting off with, you know, showing young Wonder Woman dealing with getting the powers from Hikate, showing young Zaytana. You could have also snuck in, like, Hikate's story going Just a that. couple panels, right? Exactly. Um, so you don't have to waste the whole final <laughs> issue with it. Which, it's still, it's still an interesting storyline. It's basically, um, I, I have literally, like, 18 notes because that's how much... I was reading through Shit, what's going on? Yeah. Um, she's basically... At, at the start of time and the start of magic, she is created and like all the magic is flowing through her and everything. And as other gods are being created and coming into the world, they're trying to make her join their pantheon because they see how powerful she is and how important she is to life and creation and all that stuff because magic flows through all of life and creation. I know this is all big. Uh, (laughs) um, And eventually she settles with the Greek gods as she falls in love with Hades and marries him. Mm. And um, she has worshippers. The worshippers see her power and want to mimic the power, so they start learning her incantations. Every time they bring her to Earth, she um, she would grant wishes everything and they would watch her do her spells and that's so how they would learn how to where do does magic. it all go wrong though <laughs> um, mankind decides hey we want more of her power and uses her magic to trap her onto earth okay and um, the Greek gods um, are jealous of how much she's getting praised and how much power she has since she is significantly more powerful than all of them so Hades ditches her pretty much follows his storyline in um, Greek mythology by marrying Persephone and moving on with his life and um, she gets pissed off you know she's trapped on earth she can't do anything the people that used to worship her and the people that loved her have all abandoned her mm-hmm. so so we're all fucked yes so she embraces the darkness from the other kind and eventually that turns her into the um, Hikate that we know the triple crown goddess um, she has you know the good parts of herself, but then she also has the dark part of herself. That's why she has three heads, okay. pretty much. Um, and this book kind of, you know, it deals with. <sighs> so Wonder Woman legitimately um, jumps deeper into the subconsciousness of this afterlife world that she's on, this moon that she's been left on, as as I explained in the last book, um, and she somehow gets pulled out on the other side by um, the other two heads of Hikate. And that's what that's how she's learning about this story. They're explaining what happened so that okay. she has a better understanding of who she is. And um, Wonder Woman, uh, you know, learns about Hikate and is eventually put back into her body so that they can all convince Hikate 
you're doing the wrong thing. Because right now, everything in the world, everything magic in the world is dying. Um, everything's being replaced. They're kind of resetting the magical world in her image. Okay. Um, and with that, um, you know, she kind of starts to convince her, but Ikate is like, you know what? I, I've set everything in motion. Mankind has ruined magic for the world, and they need to, you know, they deserve this. And she's like, well, if you're forcing me to, I'm going to have to, as, as we remember at the beginning, um, the other kind was trapped back in their universe. Mm-hmm. So what they have is Zaytana pretty much unleashes um, the Upside Down Man again, and the Upside Down Man just chops down on Hikate. And Hikate has to, you know, get her power back to even fight him. And um, her power is inside all the uh, witch marks, so um, it, of course, leaves Diana, and so she no longer has the abilities. But when she tries to suck her power back up, it apparently just goes into the ether. We don't know where it really goes until the end of the book. Um, And so she just gets eaten and killed by um, the Upside Down Man in... um, in the Greek Olympus, okay. for some they're in Olympus for some okay. reason. Um, it was it was very well written, but it just all came at the end. Where's the Justice League Dark Chamber and all this? They're kind of just like they came to fight and kill Wonder Woman because um, Cersei tells them the only way to win is by killing her. Mm-hmm. At this well, point, with that. Yeah. <laughs> But just before they attack, she gets put back into her body. Okay. So so we're okay. Did I hear you right? So Wonder Woman does not have like those magical based powers anymore. No. Okay. All the power gets taken out of her. So is she gonna be like moving forward? Is she gonna be part of the Justice League Dark Team anymore? I feel like since it's still a tie to a lot of mythology that's going on, she can still be part of the story. I feel like it's not important if she is anymore. But, I mean, they're alluding to her still being a part of it. Okay. I'd have to look at the solicitations to see if she's still on covers or not. It just seems weird that they would introduce, like, this power set, this whole mm-hmm. new power set for just for this story. I mean... Well, we find out where all the power actually went. And, um, they only, we only ever see in all these books four of the witch marks when there's supposed to be five. Okay. And we find out that Cersei all along was the fifth person witch marked. So all the power goes to Cersei and she becomes the new goddess of magic. Okay. And she, of course, has devious plans for that. Oh, of course. They always do, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, they go on, they tell the Justice League what actually happened. You know, they're upset because they couldn't help save lives and stuff. But, you know, yeah. Justice League Dark will continue on. That's how the ending is. Okay. Maybe with Wonder Woman, maybe without Wonder Woman. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, will you keep on reading Justice League Dark? I will. I'm still... like It's been well written enough for me to want to continue going on. Uh, I've been on a Wonder Woman kick, so I've definitely been enjoying that. Uh, I did like Wonder Woman's aspects. That kept showing up at the end of uh, Drowned Earth even though I did not enjoy Drowner. Yeah. I like that she's still been a big part of all these storylines, so... Yeah. No, and she should be. Mm. She should be. I mean, she's obviously, you know, top three characters in the DC Universe, so, I mean, I mean, I've... 
I enjoy her more than I enjoy Superman. So, yes. I mean, <laughs> they really should just focus the whole universe around her, honestly. So, her and Batman. Um, but, yeah, no, and I'm glad that, you know, she's become such a... I mean, she always has been, but I'm glad that she's getting as much play as she has been, you mm. know, the recent years. So, um, but, yeah, no. All right, all right. So, will you recommend this? Um, It's a good story. I wouldn't say it's a, like, must-read I would definitely say if you're interested in the Justice League Dark and you're interested in magic and how everything kind of works in the DC Universe magic-wise, go ahead and read this book. Read these stories. You know? um, they're definitely a fun read. They're not like the most important thing you need to read this year. You know? Okay. okay. I, pick up Mr. Miracle before you pick up this. Yes. But... <laughs> it's more of a popcorn read, yes. if you will. So, um, but Alright, alright. Well, is that going to do it for comics? That's going to do it for comics this week. We're going to head over to the Squared Circle. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And we're from the St. Paul Filmcast. And we talk movies. Yeah, we talk independent, local, classical, modern, and even new films. And where can they find us, Nick? Well, you guys can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can also find us on Twitter at st. Paul Filmcast. Hope you show up. Yeah, we hope so. Um, once again, that's the St. Paul Filmcast. And now back to your regular scheduled programming. Oh. I always wanted to say that. Now accessing wrestling. So we had two big events happen this past weekend. One were we're just refusing to talk about. Uh, yeah, because fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> and it sounds like it was a shit show. It was. And, I mean, more power to you if you decided to watch it. I know a lot of podcasts actually reviewed it. Mm. I, mean, I did not watch it. No judging whatsoever, but, you know, it just wasn't for us. Um, and I'm glad we didn't because it sounded awful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but we will talk the aftermath that happened, like, during Raw and yeah. SmackDown. But before then... Let's talk a little power struggle. Uh, New Japan had a nice little event, um, and uh, it was rather entertaining. So, but let's just due to time, let's talk highlights here. Um, what was one of your favorite matches of the night? Well, I mean, it's got to be um, Ishii versus Suzuki. Yes, hands down, yes. or hands to faces, I should say. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> like I was getting uncomfortable at points. <laughs> when I was like. Are these guys, like, trying to kill each other? Like, I mean, it was getting fucking stiff. Um, you know, I mean, it's what you expected from this match. And there's been a lot of build-up to this match. Mm. So, I mean, it definitely did not disappoint. But, I mean, you have nothing but respect for these two guys after a match like this. They're literally just, like, standing in the center of the ring, trading blows. Um, just, I mean, and they were getting more stiff as they went on, uh, but they still managed to tell a story. It wasn't just, you know, you know, them being stiff to mm. be stiff, you know? Cause they've, and they've done that plenty of times in their past matches. Like when yeah. you see them in a tag match, it's just going to be a stiff moment and then they'll go back to the other two. Yes. It always feels like it's a little bit of a spot and mm. then they move on and everything. But this, I felt like it was well paced. It didn't just like, it wasn't just horrifying, you know, which at parts it started feeling that way. But they always managed to like mix in 
you know, some decent spots here and there where you didn't know where it was going to lead. And it felt like it could have ended at any point with, like, how hard-hitting mm-hmm. the match was. Like, honestly, after the first, like, five minutes, it would have been like, okay, that makes sense that it would be over because he's just taken, like, 30 <laughs> shots to the face. Um, well, it got to a point where even I, like... And I know you say that they're pulling blows, but it's starting to look like someone could really be knocked out at this point. They're being, I mean, yes, (laughs) they're, they're, don't get me wrong. I mean, they're feeling everything and everything, but we've seen the UFC. We know what Mm. happens when someone legitimately gets fucking punched in the face. You know what happens to the face. They're stiff as all hell. Um, But yeah, I mean, there are open handed Mm. slaps. So, I mean, it's still fucking hard hitting. (laughs) I wouldn't take any of it. I mean, God bless them. So it was entertaining as all. You couldn't pay me to take no slap by Suzuki. No, no, no. (laughs) I mean those fucking elbow shots to the fucking jaw. Mm -hmm. I mean Jesus Christ. Um, But yeah, no, I I enjoyed you know this match. It was entertaining as all get out. I don't want to see this match every fucking week just because I fear for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But my God, they left everything out there. They really did. So, and it was a great way to kind of end this, like, feud that's been going on between the two. So, um, I, I don't know. Do you see it going on, though? Do you feel like they... I, I feel I like, feel like Japan doesn't fuck around. Like, they don't do long, like, super long programs. Mm. I feel like there could be callbacks to it, and there'll definitely be matches where they're in tag teams and they'll face off against yeah. each other. But I don't see it becoming another big program, at least not for a little while. Yeah. Unless I, it's like... Suzuki wants to leave and he wants someone stiff that he can go up against. Yes, yes. But man, these guys are perfect partners for something mm-hmm. like this. It just makes her like those headbutts that they're throwing and shit, man. Like I said, it got uncomfortable at points. But they, I mean, they sold the shit out of everything too. Like the way they were getting wobbly mm-hmm. and everything. Um, you know, Suzuki, when he was walking, you know, back to the locker room, just kind of swaying back and forth, but still refusing help and still managing to attack yes. some of the young know, lions <laughs> on the way back was just fantastic. I mean, it was just the most manly match you could ever imagine. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. So, um, but yes, uh, that was probably the match of the night for me. You know, I definitely got the most enjoyment from that. And that's not saying anything. I mean, it was definitely a solid card and everything, Mm. but it was not like New Japan's best card this year by far. Um, You know, I did enjoy, um, I got my introduction to Robbie Eagles. I never saw him wrestle before um, and I was impressed by him. So... I mean, he's got a lot of character, too. I feel like he's a good fit for, you know, the Bullet Club. Um, and I really enjoyed, you know, his work in the ring. Um, but, yeah, it like I said, like some of these matches were just, you know, typical, like, you know, New Japan tag matches. I mean, they would totally steal the show on any WWE, you know, offense. But, you know, they do love their tag matches in New Japan. So, um, I also did enjoy... Uh, the Golden Lovers match uh, versus uh, David Finley and Tanahashi. I thought they managed to tell a great story. Um, you know, and I I thought that it did help, you know, at least for me, hmm. the world, uh, the Wrestling Kingdom, you know, main event. I really did feel like, I, I do feel like they're really like, I don't know, trying to, you know, capture and, you know, garner a lot of, like, heat for that match. And I feel like this, you know, did its job. This was another chapter in that story. So, um, you know, 
Finley took the fall, which I mean, I think was predictable and everything like that. But I did enjoy that tension between, you know, Tanahashi and, you know, Kenny here. So, um, I don't know. I just, I keep seeing Kenny as the heel in the storyline. Like, he's supposed to be. But the way he's being the heel just makes me feel like he's dropping that title. Like, yeah, I could definitely say that. (laughs) He just seems like classic 80s villain. I mean, that's, that's what he does best. Yes. I'm, I love seeing him as a, like, a mm. heel again, though, because I feel like he's kind of gone away from that the last year or so. So I love seeing that light again, and I think maybe that's why I'm enjoying it. Um, but like I said, I would, you know, we've discussed it before. Like, I would much rather see him with someone else in the main event yes. of Wrestle Kingdom, but I'm okay with this. I'm glad that they're building it more, mm. you know, um, and I feel like, you know, it, it, it is gaining, you know, steam now. So, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, we knew there was going to be a solid match between, you know, these two teams though. So, um, but that being said, uh, you know, the Jericho evil match was fun. It was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. It was around like 25 minutes, I believe. Um, and I don't, I, I think it was probably my least favorite, you know, Jericho like appearance in New Japan. It just kind of felt like, mm. you know, a stop in the road, you know, really, for, for Jericho. Like, I have to do this at yes. this point. Yes, like he was like, yeah, it, like, you know, I, I'm contractually obligated to have this match. It's been six months now, mm. so, and it's obviously just setting up the whole Naito match. So, I mean, I get it. It was still a solid match. I don't know how I feel about it main eventing this card. So, but it was, it was a little weird because this was really all built around the whole like junior tag league stuff, but that wasn't the main event at no. all. <laughs> that was like in the middle of the card. And I understand you've got Chris Jericho mm. and I, God, who knows what the fuck they're paying him. It's a lot, but I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's, it seems a little weirdly booked. <laughs> like the, the, you know, it feels very top heavy this card so um but yeah i I mean once again great oh the naito and saber match you know man they really do fucking click so well together i was kind of because this is obviously the end of their little program Mm. and i'm kind of sad to see it end here because i thought they were fucking i mean some of the you know spots that they're wrestling and everything and like just the chain wrestling that we're seeing but it made sense you know, because sometimes I always, my complaint with Saber is like, sometimes it feels like a hold for hold's sake, but I felt like everything flowed well in this match and everything that he was putting on were always like great counters to something Naito was doing. So, um, these guys just, their chemistry in the ring's great and their characters, you know, um, playing off each other is always fun to watch. So I did enjoy that match a lot. You know, and this could just be, you know, a break in the program. Naito takes the championship. It could always be um, Sabre versus Naito in the future for the Intercontinental Championship. It could be, yeah, yeah. But this is definitely, you know, we're going to be seeing Naito and, you know, Jericho interact all the way up to Russell Kingdom, which is still, what, fucking January? Early January, right? Yeah. So we got a couple months (laughs) still. So, uh, all they have on the slate is right now is the World Tag League. So we have that plus the, of course, the road to Tokyo Dome. Yes. That they always do. They're always, yeah. <laughs> They're always on the road to something. <laughs> so, 
But, uh, and you know, I believe it was only a couple days later, we got the uh, press conference announcing, you know, some of the matches for Wrestle Kingdom 13. Um, no huge surprises here. Uh, we got Kenny Omega, uh, you know, obviously versus Tanahashi. Um, and you got Jericho versus Naito. Naito came out and, you know, challenged Jericho right after the match with Evil. Um, which I think everyone kind of saw happening. Mm. I was surprised too, going back to the Evil and Jericho match, that they had him tap out to the um, Lion Tamer. So I really did, or the Walls of Jericho. I'm sorry, I just went back to 1999. <laughs> um, I was surprised to see that, you know, and I didn't expect him to tap to that. I don't remember the last time I saw anyone tap to it. So um, I don't know. I don't know if it did any any good for evil you know no. like this match i don't think it helped him or you know really added anything to him you know do you think personally. someone with like his like mythos might like i don't know be able to get out of that kind of situation or it makes him look weaker as a character because they're yeah. almost building him like he's an undertaker oh yeah i mean <laughs> a lot, with all the cheesy effects and everything mm-hmm. that was in the promo package and like they definitely were building him get a new sickle you know, <laughs> at least if he's going to be in a submission finish, have him pass out. Yes, yes. I'm always in favor of someone passing out. If they're supposed to be a badass, mm-hmm. then just have them fucking grit their teeth until they pass out. Um, so I was a little surprised to see him tap like that. That's almost the role I kind of see him coming back because he when he came back from injury, that's kind of like that steamroll ahead for evil. You know. Yeah, and well, and then. He was, you know, in the midst of the feud with Saber Jr. And he, like, Saber kept on, like, he had his number. And then he was about to have the big match against Saber. And then Jericho jumped him. So that's kind of why we went off, you know, the road with that. And maybe he continues the feud with Saber after this. You know, him and Naito just totally, like, flip-flop, you know, <laughs> opponents. Uh, but it does feel like this didn't do anything for, you know, evil. Um, as you know, a wrestler, mm-hmm. so um, just career wise, so which is unfortunate. I mean, it put some spotlight on him, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it really, you know, showed him in the best light. So, um, but yeah. So anyway, we got Jericho and Naito. Uh, we've got Okada versus Jay White. Um, they had a very run of the mill kind of tag match on this card. I wasn't super impressed with it. Mm-hmm. I was hoping to get more like Bullet Club stuff. You know, with like, you know, Jay White now being the leader and everything, we really didn't get much at all. You know, they're kind of divided up into, you know, different tag matches. Did they play up um, Okada, like, you know, getting back to Rainmaker status in this at all? Like, kind of like working his way back to becoming the top guy? I feel like they always touch on it, but then, you know, they kind of forget about it. So, I mean, not, not so much. You know, um, it was, I don't know, it was just, it was an okay match. I was expecting more, I think, in the long run. So, um, I really wanted to see, like, that faction, the new Bullet Club, all together in the Mm. ring, you know, kind of, like, for the first real time, you know, and then just, like, you know, causing chaos, no pun intended. Um, But this was really Chaos's night, too. Like, they, they actually went over a lot. I think in most of their, you know, matches, they're... I think they went undefeated as a faction. I'm trying to go... Yeah. Because it was four... They had four wins, right? Yeah, they had four wins. So, yeah, I believe they were undefeated as a faction. So And they were getting their asses kicked, like, on the road, 
you know, to the to this uh, event. So the road to power struggle. Um, so it was kind of surprising. Um, and, uh, I think also what hurt this show for me was uh, uh, Chucky e. T um, being on color. Um, they're not. They haven't re-signed Don Callis for some reason. So they're just kind of like. I know they have this like revolving door of like color commentators joining you know Kevin Kelly every you know event and it this was definitely a misstep you know he didn't really add that much to yes, it and the so. voice does matter so yes exactly exactly so um, I would have much rather see like Rocky Romero back out there with him so um, but yeah anyway so uh, back to Wrestle Kingdom thirteen uh, what they announced at the press conference uh, we've got. Uh, Kushida, got your um, Back at the press conference, we had uh, Kushida versus Taji Ishimori. That's right. Yes, for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. And that's going to be one hell of a match. I'm not. I'm not a Kushida fan. We all know this. Mm-hmm. I've bitched about him a million times on this show. I don't know if you bitch about him, but you just <sighs> you find him bland, right? Yes. He's a damn good wrestler. He's a damn good wrestler. He's a damn good wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm in favor of Taji for this match. Yes. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, he like I said before, he feels like mm. the evil Ray Mysterio. Like just his body type, the way he moves, and everything. <laughs> I, I I I enjoy watching this guy work. So um, I'm I'm glad that he's getting another shot at the title. I still don't quite understand why you know after Hiramu, Hiramu, you know had to relinquish the title why uh, Ishimori wasn't like in that tournament to get the like I, I didn't get it and I don't know if it's a contract or at least like thing. top of the line at that point yeah I, I'm not quite sure because he was in the match against Hiramu mm-hmm. you know in the finals for that. so it just seemed weird um, but then yeah I, I mean, I'm excited to see this you know I didn't quite understand too during you know Power Struggle they had you know uh, Ishimori come out injured and then it just all ends up being a ruse you know at the end of the match you know he hits him with the crutch and then you know grabs the belt and poses with it it seems a little weird to me I was like okay but did you really I don't know <laughs> I didn't see the point of it <laughs> Maybe I feel like you could have built more heat just by having them <laughs> you know wrestle each other mm-hmm. so it felt a very like WWE thing to do um, you know Either way, I could see them putting on the same quality of match that we got out of um, oh, Ishimori and uh, absolutely. Yeah, I could. Kushida can go. Hiramu. I'm no, not going absolutely, to... but Hiramu's fucking awesome. Yes, man. I really enjoy Hiramu, <laughs> so. And a lot of it, it's his character. So it's just that natural mm. charisma that he has in the ring. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited for this. Don't get me wrong. God, I hope he he walks out at the end of um, this match. Um, Hiramu returns at the end of this match to challenge someone. Do where is he time wise? I I don't remember the when the injury happened. Okay, how many months ago that was? Was I mean, it was a it was a neck injury? So we it's I thought it was a good was. nine months yeah. at least. So I don't know if he'll be ready at that. point. But wouldn't that be a great feel good moment? <laughs> sure, as long as he's actually healthy. Yes. <laughs> All right. What else did we get announced? Uh, last but not least, there wasn't too many matches announced. I accidentally minimized my page. There we go. Uh, we have, um, 
Kanamaru and El Desperado going up against Sho and Yo from Rapungi 3K and Bushi and Takagi from LIJ. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm waiting for Sho and Yo to split up. Um, it'd be interesting to see Bushi and Takagi win the titles, get some wins for LIJ. But otherwise, you know, it's, it seems like we already got this match. We already seen a victor, correct? Yeah, I'm surprised LIJ didn't win the actual tournament, um, you know, at Power Struggle. So I was curious that, you know, mm-hmm. Rapungi end up, you know, walking away with the, the uh, Cubs. So and they kept on joking about the cups on the event itself. Like I guess last year they were really small or cheap looking or something. So hmm. this year they were a little bigger and but they're still very generic. Like literally the plate said victory across <laughs> it. <laughs> I was like, where did they get these? Like I don't know. It seems weird. I don't know because the whole event was built around that. Yeah, like, it was mid card and you know they're like, oh here's some trophies. We you know. I found in my dad's basement when he was bowling. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. Um, but like I, and like I said, I really thought that you know uh, Shingo and Bushi were going to win that. You know, they they had all the builds really. Mm. So that was a little surprising to me. But maybe they walk away with the belts here. You know. Um, but yeah. So uh, what's also curious to me is like I didn't actually see the press conference. Jericho at the end of Power Struggle said there was going to be no match against <laughs> Naito, <laughs> but then they went ahead and just announced mm. the match. I believe later on, even on Twitter, he's like, "Just because you announced it, still doesn't mean that I agree with it." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was a little weird, but whatever. So, um, speaking of which, weirdness is the Young Bucks have come out and said, you know, the reason why they haven't been a part of, you know, Hmm. many New Japan shows and, you know, the big tag league, you know, event that's happening, you know, soon, uh, is because New Japan's not willing to pay them. Um, So I'm wondering if there's some friction there. Um, I'm curious to see... Are they asking for too much now, or...? I don't know. You think they upped their price after all in? Probably. Yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. I don't know. I'm wondering if they are thinking that they're, you know, we've got these other options out there, and, you know, if we're going to come all the way to Japan, you've got to make it worth our while. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I still believe there's a grain of truth in the rumor out there of them, you know, being part of that, you know, startup federation with, you know, Jericho and Jim Ross. Um, I could definitely see that happening, and, you know, it, it makes perfect sense. So, I don't know. I feel like there's going to be an announcement one way or the other soon about exactly what's going on for the future of the Young Bucks and the Elite in general. Because mm. they've all come out, you know, saying that they're no longer part of the Bullet Club. And I don't know. There feels like there's some kind of, you know, tension there. There's something coming. Yes. I, I don't see WWE contracts. No. <laughs> I hope not. I really do. I, I, but I would be excited by the idea of a new company with them, you know, part of it, a new upstart company with, you know, Jericho and Cody and, you know, the Young Bucks, Mm. you know, kind of being like the minds behind it. I would be interested in that because more wrestling and, you know, more alternatives, the better for Mm. wrestling fans. So, um, I mean, they seem to have had a taste for the production bug at this point. 
Exactly. And I mean, they've got the mind for the business mm-hmm. and they see what they can do on their own. Why not bet on themselves? Well, they definitely know what the audience wants at the moment. It, and they're never going to be hotter than mm-hmm. this moment here, you know, especially as like a tag team. So um, there's only so far you can go <laughs> as a tag team. And I feel like they've hit that. And it's insane how over they are. I mean, they're. For wrestling fans, they're the fucking Beatles at this point. So mm-hmm. that whole elite squad is. So, I mean, they should capitalize it on it while they can. So, um, you know, the, the WWE is always there. They're not going anywhere. Things don't work out. They mm-hmm. can always, you know, you know, head out to New York. So I, I just, I don't see why they wouldn't bet on themselves at this point. It feels like Cody's definitely going to. So... All right, so moving on. Speaking of the evil empire, uh, (laughs) (laughs) we had Raw and SmackDown. uh, We had lots of fallout from the crown jewel. Uh, Brock Lesnar is now your universal champion. Um, He demolished Braun Strowman in a match. Um, Baron Corbin... uh, was really one of the reasons why Braun lost the match. Ooh. He started off the the bout before I think the belt didn't even ring, hitting Braun with the title in the back of the head, and then Lesnar got he F five him it must have been like six times. Um F five him six times before the big man stayed down. So Raw opened up with Baron Corbin in the ring with the entire roster on the stage and like a wall of security guards in front of him. And he was announcing his Survivor Series team pretty much. Um, Braun eventually does storm the stage and, you know, the security guards aren't much help for, Mm. you know, uh, Corbin. So, uh, I don't know. Um, You know, they're going right into the whole Raw vs. SmackDown thing, which... I get I enjoyed last year's, but my thing is when the belts aren't the line on the line, it doesn't really mean that much to me. They're exhibition matches. Mm. So like if you're gonna have a Survivor series and you're gonna do this brand versus brand stuff, put the belts up, make it interesting. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I know it's gonna be hard to book storyline wise, but otherwise you have no titles on the line for this event. <laughs> So it it just it does it waters it down for me. I know? guess, but it's just like it's coming. It's like back to back pay per view. So I, this being another nothing pay per view doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but like to me, Survivor Series is always more than enough. It's supposed pay-per-view. to. Be, it's yes. supposed to be, and like that's one of the reasons why I hate these big international shows because mm-hmm. it really is detracting from your main storyline. And your, like, main pay-per-views. Because they could call it the greatest Royal Rumble in the world and make a big deal of the Crown Jewel event. But they're glorified house shows at best. You know, I don't care what you say. I know we had a title win on this, you know, glorified house show. But it was still a glorified house show. Whenever you have Shane McMahon, you know, ending up winning a tournament that he wasn't even in, it's just ridiculous. It shows me that you don't really give a shit about anything. And it felt like a big fucking F you to all the fans. <laughs> I was like, man, they are just doubling down on the Saudi Arabia shit right now. Fucking Hogan hosting. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Shane McMahon come out and win the fucking best of the world. I mean, what the fuck are you doing? Um, you know, it just and just reading the results, I was like, did Shane turn heel 
And I still don't quite know where they're going with it, but it really feels like it's just set up for all the Survivor Series stuff. So um, Corbin, uh, back to Raw, Corbin uh, picked Ziggler and McIntyre as part of his team mm. and Strowman. So we'll see if that works. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then moving, I'm trying to think what else happened on the show. It really was kind of, I don't know. It was it, the problem is was when the show's three hours long, it's very easily <laughs> to forget like every single. I guess thing the other main storyline going on is still the um, Shield drama with uh, Dean and Seth, and them having to figure out what to do with the tag titles now that Dean has betrayed Seth. That's right. So Corbin, or no, so yeah, Corbin put Rollins in a match against AOP. Mm-hmm. Um, he put up way too much of a fight for my taste. Against AOP. Really? Did it go on long? It went way too long. It did. Because it feels like AOP should just yes. decimate him, you know. I never like it when it's a basically a handicap match and, you know, the one guy puts up way too much of a fight. Two on one, you know, the tag team should always end up winning. Mm. So I always hate that. when Because it just makes your tag team look weak as all hell. So, um, you know, even though I understand you want to keep on booking Rollins strong... I don't think you need to sacrifice anything from AOP, and I don't think it would hurt him to lose to AOP in, you know, devastating fashion. So You can book it in a way that he's just being wily and smart. He doesn't have to be, like, actively beating these guys down. Yeah, it, and it wasn't that, where he was, like, running from them. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that kind of situation. I mean, he was, he was outsmarting them, you know, at points, but then it was just, like, him, you know, standing toe-to-toe against them, which... I don't think it does AOP any favors at all. So um, AOP does walk away the titles with the titles. Thank God, because mm. that would have definitely pissed me off. Uh, Dean shows up, and you know, before Rollins could get any answers, he attacks. You know, yes. I kind of want to see if it'd be interesting if they went a kind of route where Dean doesn't like doesn't or if he Dean gives him an answer, he'll come the next week and give him another answer. That's what I would like to see. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get anything that clever. No. But, and I feel like they're just stalling right now because they know they have Survivor Series mm. and, you know, they want to have these champs versus, you know, champion versus champion matches. So you're getting Rollins versus Nakamura. So my guess, you know, without ruining our prediction show next week, is that pretty much you're going to have Dean come out and interfere in that match and cost Rollins the match mm. just to further their storyline and so Dean could get some heat. So that's pretty much what I'm guessing. And I mean, if it means Nakamura actually gets a fucking win on a pay-per-view, awesome. <laughs> Great. But um, will it matter much? No, probably not. So, but uh, yeah, what else do we have happen? You had, oh, you had Ronda Rousey um, addressing Becky Lynch. Mm. Um, that's another set match for Survivor Series, which is probably the match I'm most excited about in Survivor Series. Um, I was actually, I think it was, maybe it was the last show where I was talking about, like, seeing that as a WrestleMania match. Mm. So, I'm a little disappointed that it's going to be wasted at Survivor Series, because I feel like they're the two hottest, you know, um, you know, stars in the women's division right now. So, I don't know, man. I, I definitely feel like, you know, Becky is going to be the face here during this, you mm. know, um, Crowd reaction-wise. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so... She's not helping... With her reactions on Twitter. And oh, yeah, she's devastating just... people, just <laughs> trolling them left and right. But it, it really does help. I mean, 
It makes her that badass character. Mm. It really does. So, um, but yeah, so Rhonda was great on the mic here, though. She really is, you know, getting over, you know, on the mic. Uh, she really, you know, I think she said she was going to make Becky her bitch, which was a nice moment. So, um, or no, she's called herself the baddest bitch or something like yes. that. Yes. So, no, Becky retort. Yes, her retort was, <laughs> I'm going to make you my bitch. So, which was pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah. You also had, um, Naya come out at, by the end of Rhonda's speech, you know, just kind of as a reminder, I'm here, this is what your next challenge is going to be. And then she had another match against Ember Moon, mm-hmm. which was like, I feel like they've wrestled five times in the yeah, past month. Poor Ember. <laughs> Naya ends up winning the match, but then ends up, you know, uh, Tamina comes out and then they end up both, like, after, like, staring each other down, uh, Tamina did that whole, like... I don't know what's happening. Yeah, and then she ends up attacking yes. her. She's like, turn her over. And then she ends up attacking her, too. And they're together. And I feel like this is a good setup. I mean, one, I think it's a new element for the Ronda match, you know, that's going to eventually happen probably right after Survivor mm-hmm. Series. And then it'll probably lead to them being a tag team once they introduce those tag t- titles, which is, you know, a foregone conclusion at this point. Yes. So, which I'm glad. I'm happy, you know. You know, we'll see, you know, how it's presented. But, you know, I'm happy that they're willing to do that now. And I think it will add a lot to that division. So, um, and those two together, that's a badass team right Mm. there. So, um, and I guess Lita and Trish are sticking around. And they're supposed to be, yes, yes. Because, you know, like last week they were on Raw. Yeah, but, you know, you think that's just an evolution follow Yes, yes. But no, supposedly the rumor is that they're going to stick around to Mania and they're going to be one of the tag teams in that division. So, yes. That is disappointing. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is a one-off. I thought the match was fine. Opening yes. up Evolution and everything. But it was like a nice callback to, you know... You know, the, the past. Well, that just makes me think they're going to have a tournament for the belts going up to Mania, and they'll be a part of that tournament. That, that is, like is best case scenario. But they're totally just going to win that fucking belt, like those belts, like the first night, and they're going to have it all the way up to Mania. <laughs> but I would love to see a tournament going all the way up to Mania like that. That'd be fantastic. Give me that. They won't do that, though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're too short sighted so they never book the long game anymore so, um, but okay can't wait for more universal titles just around everyone's waist yes yes um, do you think they go with the red color scheme for them yeah. or do you think it's going to be do you think they have a Smackdown belt uh, tag belts and uh, Raw tag belts most likely okay they have tags on both um, shows yeah I just don't know if you have enough on both, like, I don't know if the roster is big enough, women-wise, on both shows for, you gotta have at least, like, I feel like you need at least six teams. You need six teams? For it to make sense. There's only two on SmackDown right now? (laughs) Yeah. Can't just have two teams. I mean, they can call it the NXT women, and they don't have to be there full time. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and they can throw a few teams together, at least, to make it interesting. We'll so, see. We'll see how they know. handle it. Yeah. Not well. That's what <laughs> I, that's my prediction. 
Because I don't see them handling a tag title that goes between both shows very well. It'll be stuck on one You know, show they started the off the um, brand split with the belts being defended between both shows. Um, it was okay. But yeah, it, when that belt wasn't on that show, it was kind of, it felt like, I don't know, pointless. Mm-hmm. So kind of like Raw the last, you know, two years. So <laughs> belts matter. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a reason why all these people are fighting. Belts matter. So, uh, moving on to SmackDown, I'm trying to think, did I miss anything Raw-wise? I think those were all the big moments. Oh, Elijah defeated, uh, Dolph. Oh, you know what we forgot? Kurt Angle. Oh, yes. Kurt Angle challenges, uh, Baron Corbin, uh, to a match so they could see who could be the captain of the Survivor Series, Mm -hmm. because Baron Corbin said, even though I'm not wrestling, I'm the captain of this team. Kurt Angle's all, like, geeked up after, you know, the Crown Jewel event, even though he lost to Dolph, to be competing again. Um, So he challenges him to the match. He brings up that he led his team to a victory last year. So um, Corbin begrudgingly accepts, but then he's being chased all over the place by Strowman. So he eventually, you know, leaves the building and puts Drew McIntyre in his place. So... They decided to go ahead and completely humiliate Kurt Angle in this match. Um, you know, it started off okay, but then it just became almost painful to watch. Um, I'm hoping this is part of a bigger storyline for Angle because it was painful for me, you know, mm-hmm. to watch this as a huge Kurt Angle fan. Um, I would hate to see his career end this way. I doubt it's going to. I feel like this is just a way to get McIntyre over more. I know they're huge on him, and they should be. Um, he's fucking awesome. So um, I just hope it's not, I don't know. I hope it's not just in, like, vain, though, for Kurt Angle. Like, I hope it's just, it, it, it can't bury the guy. You know, I, he, that, that can't be the way he ends up going out, you know, and I'm sure it won't be. I'm sure he'll have his moment of redemption. Yeah, when know. he's facing his son. Yeah. Well, not Jason Jordan. Oh, yeah, be, right. He, he can't. might be done. Yeah. Yeah, which is sad, too. So, um, but yeah, so it, I don't know, man. It, it, there better be a conclusion to this storyline, even if it's just him retiring, but, like, having a fucking, like, one last awesome match, great, you know, but I mean, I liked how Drew McIntyre at least looked. And yeah. I hope that that carries on. I just don't need to see Kurt Angle on the, I don't know. And I understand. It's part of the storyline and mm. everything like that. I just don't have WWE. I don't trust WWE to have a decent payoff for Kurt mm. Angle. And I hope they're just not burying him, you know, and using his name just solely to get McIntyre over. Because I don't think McIntyre necessarily needed that. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I I just don't trust them to go back to it and you know mm. tell that story the correct way. <laughs> you know, so we'll see. We'll see if like Angle somehow gets himself on the, you know, Survivor Series team or, you know, after Survivor Series, you know, he ends up challenging, you know, McIntyre and that's like McIntyre's first big like single program phase because he really hasn't had like a huge single program mm-hmm. since he was immediately know, thrusted onto Zolf right when yeah, he came up. Yeah, really, yeah. So I mean it it would be nice to see him, and that'd be, I mean, that's a great way, you know, to get McIntyre really over and underneath, you know, 
Engels learning tree. And I mean, those two, I believe they work together in uh, TNA also. So they've got good chemistry in the ring. It just didn't show on Raw because it was just ugly. It really was. And I mean, that's, uh, I mean, really, that's all credit to Kurt Angle because he sold the shit out of everything that McIntyre was doing. I mean, he felt like a feeble old man mm. on the ground, just quivering. It was, it was painful to watch. So great performance, but <laughs> man, I just hope that, you know, he knows what they're doing and he mm. trusts them. So I hope they've like reassured him that this is going somewhere. So, I mean, you know, I definitely go, a wrestler always should go out on their back, you know, yes. putting someone else over, but not like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm yes. sure there's more story to be told. <laughs> uh, SmackDown was a great show this week. I really enjoyed the shit out of SmackDown. So, once again, it shows me when they have, like, a, you know, end game, you know, in their sights, and they're clicking on cylinders, they can put on a good show. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you had, you know, Becky Lynch, you know, answering Rhonda, and she ended up, you know, once again, just destroying, you know, people on the microphone, <laughs> saying she's going to make her a bitch and everything. That was great. Um she's just like I said before I feel like she's the most over fucking superstar in the company mm -hmm. right now um, and then you, you had her basically you know doing an open challenge you know to anyone in the back because she was just so fired up and lo and behold Nikki Cross answered which I thought was awesome so it was a great little moment you know they were in Manchester so it was huge she got in the uh, on the mic she got herself over as a character you know just being completely fucking psychotic um but becky didn't lose any ground she still looked like a complete fucking badass um she's in like total like stone cold mode right mm -hmm. now she did not flinch with nikki cross you know or all her theatrics in the ring um she did she stood her ground she did not back away at all so um it, it was pretty awesome it was a good i think they're building her now this way with um, with Becky just because they want her to look strong going into the match with Ronda as a like legitimate threat because mm -hmm. they booked Ronda so fucking strong yes. right now you know so uh, I don't know that that was a fun match I mean Nikki Cross did end up tapping out which I never like to see um, just especially like your debut, debut and everything like that and especially for that character it feels wrong it feels like once again that feels like a pass out moment for me you know it's her just you know, refusing, not even knowing how to tap out almost, um, you know, and just kind of just passing out. I thought that would have been great. Mm. So, I mean, she had that match against... With uh, Shayna, and yes. she just passes out, and she's like smiling. Smiling the, the entire way. time. That's yes. what I expect from her whenever she's in a submission, but... Yes, uh, that's a great way to do it with her, though. Mm. So, um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a fun debut and everything, and it was... I was happy to see her, you know, where she belongs on the main roster. It's just, I worry with Sanity when they're not doing anything with Sanity. If, she, if she's just showing up in the middle for no reason before they have anything really planned out for the group. I think style-wise she brings so much to the table with the women's division. I think she'll end up being the breakaway. I mean, she already is the breakout star of mm -hmm. Sanity, but I feel like she'll shine, you know, on SmackDown and maybe she just sanity disappears in the background 
You know, I still feel like they're going to team up Sanity with uh, Bray mm. eventually. I feel like that's going to be a thing. It only makes sense. So, and I, I'm all for that. You know, Sanity is great. They're just being completely underutilized right now. But, I mean, we were saying that about AOP a month and a half ago, and now they've got the tag belts. True. So, and they've been doing a good job building those guys up on Raw recently. So, there's always hope there. Um, Almas had a match against Rey Mysterio, um, and this was all part of um, Shane McMahon coming out, talking about the, his crown jewel victory and being the best in the world. Um, he basically announced his Survivor Series well, he announced his captain, which was Miz first, but then he made Daniel Bryan the co-captain. So you had a lot of fun back and forth between you know Miz and Daniel Bryan. Um, they both agreed on making Shane McMahon you know part of the team, which I cringed at. Well, he's the best in the world. Oh God, um, he played that off. You know, even though it was such a heel move, and you know the commentators were putting it over as a heel move at the event. I guess the uh, he played that off as being you know, just, you know, brand loyal and wanting to see that cup or whatever it was come to SmackDown, you know. So, and that was their justification for putting him part of the blue brand because who else is going to leave it all on the table other than Shane McMahon? So, I guess. Sure. So, um, but he got booed, though, like fucking crazy when he came out. (laughs) So I we'll see we'll see what happens here. There was a little moment where like he's posing with the cup and like Paige is posing with him and he kind of like yanks it away from her. It was kind of weird. I was like, okay, are, are these seeds you're planting to a real like heel turn here? So, um, but you had lots of friction happening between Daniel Bryan and the Miz going back and forth. Um, good shit though. It, it feels like it's going to be another chapter in their storyline. I'm glad they're going back to it. Um, but then you had, um, you know, Rey Mysterio have the match against Almas. Rey Mysterio was their, Daniel Bryan's pick. And then um, they ended up having a match for the last pick between Samoa Joe and Jeff Hardy. Um, Miz wanted Samoa Joe, and, you know, Daniel Bryan wanted Jeff Hardy. So it was a great match, um, fun times. So I, anytime you have, you know, those caliber wrestlers mm. together, even though it was like only, I think it was under 10 minutes. It was still a good match to see, and I was happy to see Samoa Joe go over. So, um, you know, it was it was a fun show altogether, um, and we got lots of good wrestling out of it. Like I like started by saying with Almas and uh, Mysterio, it was a it was a very nice match, and it really helped once again put spotlight on Almas. You know, even though he lost the match, I feel like they're building him up. You know, by having him stand, you know, toe to toe against like these top competitors. And showing him that, you know, he can hang and putting on these awesome matches. You know, it's only a matter of time before, you know, he starts getting... Well, pushed. I feel like he would be, like, in U.S. title contention right now if it wasn't for Nakamura being mm-hmm. a heel. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I feel like there's almost too many heels on SmackDown mm-hmm. right now. So, but, you know, WrestleMania's around the corner and then you'll have the draft. So maybe they'll even it out. Or maybe sometimes they do random fucking trades. So... You know, especially when injuries happen, and mm-hmm. they're definitely happening right now. So, you know, you'll have a free agent pickup. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. Because he could definitely, you know, use some space, some breathing room, you know, in that division with all the heels that they have right yeah. now. So, um, but yeah, that was pretty much it. We got the announcement of the women's uh, 
the Survivor Series team, which I could care very little about because <laughs> it just felt like it's going to be a throwaway match. And I feel like I've seen these like giant women tag matches like every fucking SmackDown and every Raw. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't feel very special to me. Um, you know, and there's no real heat. I, I, Charlotte wasn't out there, which was kind of weird. I, I feel like she was announced, but then Mandy Rose came out for some reason. And then she insulted, this is the most my time Mandy Rose has ever had. She insulted everyone and they just kind of attacked her. So, you know. That's kind um, of what happens. Yes. And I'm sure it's going to, she's going to end up being in the team somehow. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And then, oh, you had a uh, new day and, uh, the Usos, um, you know, having a fucking awesome match. Those guys fucking click so well together. I mean, what the, once again, SmackDown, it was all about wrestling this week, which I appreciate. So they got plenty of time. They put on another fucking great match. Um, Usos ended up winning. It was for the captain of the Survivor Series tag team match. Um, so, and they picked the new day right afterwards. That was that five teams or three teams? I have no idea. Five <laughs> teams feels like a lot. So that's basically a, that would be a 20 man tag. Yeah. Yeah. That feels like a lot. So I don't know if it's just the Usos and new day <laughs> versus whoever. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't feel like they specified, but, uh, yeah. So it's pretty much SmackDown. SmackDown definitely won the week though. You know, between the two shows. Well, that's good. I mean, the last few were pretty lackluster, I believe. Yes, yes. But once again, I feel like it's all due to these international, Mm. you know, events where they kind of get like, I don't know, they lose steam and they have to like, you know, drop storylines to like, you know, worry about this, you know, World Cup tournaments that doesn't Mm -hmm. fucking matter at all. (laughs) And, you know. It just feels like it totally throws them off track and they have a hard time like getting back to where they need to be. So, I don't know. No. All right, so that's it for this week. Yes. Uh, before we go, we got some shout-outs of some podcasts that we think you should be listening to. Uh, first up is one of my favorite uh, podcasts, Weird With You Podcast. Uh, take a break from reality with the quirky couple who discusses weird topics and goes on fun tangents every Wednesday. Um, their last episode was all about bootleg Halloween costumes. Great episode. Um, and like I said, it's one of my favorite podcasts right now. So uh, go ahead and give them a listen. Uh, next up is Laughing Luchador Podcast. Uh, three friends, no set topics, endless tangents. And uh, you can find them uh, wherever you get podcasts. So and this is a fun wrestling podcast. Um, if you enjoy listening to us babble on and on about <laughs> wrestling, go ahead and give these guys a listen. So uh, we also have the Gutter Podcast. Um, it's like a radio show, only on the internet. Um, once again, entertaining podcast. Um, I'm, I'm relatively new to the show, but go ahead and check them out. All right. And uh, last but not least, uh, one of our favorite YouTube shows and a fan of our show, Sock Monkey Mike. Um, a huge wrestling fan, puts on a nice little show on YouTube. Go ahead and uh, subscribe, whatever you do on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> if you like WWE 2K coverage, he's playing it, so definitely check it out. That's right. That's right. So go ahead and give him a listen. He does a lot of prediction shows for yes. you know upcoming you know pay-per-views and everything, much like what we do. So... Um, but yeah, a great guy and, you know, very entertaining show. 
Alright, and make sure that you're checking out everyone in our network. That's the DCP network that stands for... Drama City Productions. Yes, that is correct. And then also make sure that you're checking us out on all the other platforms that we are on. Because we're on all of them. Are we on some new ones, Damon, by any chance? Oh, Jesus Christ, Christian. Really? It's 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you expect me to remember that shit? <laughs> They grab something called like blueberry or something like that. Yeah, we we, we just keep spreading. Just spreading, type our spreading. name into the Google <laughs> machine. You'll find us. Uh, but you know what would really help us out if you are a fan of the show and you like what you're hearing mm. tonight? Go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. I mean, I can't put over how much it means to a sh- little independent podcast like our own. So go ahead and do that. Um, and. Also, while you're at it, go ahead and download the music you're hearing right now. That's Them Guilty Aces, a great rockabilly band from Chicago. Uh, They just put out a new music video. I know they recently dropped a new EP. Um, And if you're in the Chicagoland area, you can check out our show. Yes, and of course, if you like the intro, make sure that you're checking out Greg Brebner. Uh, He is our house DJ. You can find him on SoundCloud. That's right. He just actually, he dropped a new song just recently. Yes. So uh, go ahead and follow him on SoundCloud. Banging tunes. That's right. He's also on Instagram. Yes. Um, We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Uh, We're always going to give you new news on Twitter. We're always going to give you new items on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you're checking us out. We put out stories, too. David puts together some of the coolest motherfucking stories I've ever seen. (laughs) So (laughs) definitely check us out. Um, Sure. (laughs) <laughs> other than that, if you have other content that you want to check out from us, we have Twitch, we have videos up on YouTube. Yeah, are you streaming anytime soon? Right? Um, I will be. There's some technical difficulties at my house right now, so I had to take a little bit of a break. But you can see our past streams. They're still up there. Uh, I'm going to be uploading um, all of my Red Dead so far onto YouTube as well. But, uh, so subscribe to us there as well. Um, Beyond that, I think that's going to do it for this show. That's right. So my name is Christian. And my name is Damon. And that was the amazing show. This has been a Drama City production.